footy and frothies. Daggy, Gump, Ollie and Barney with you as always to talk all things rugby league. Not much has happened this week again. It's been another quiet week, boys. But I am walking a little bit gingerly this week, just like most Tigers fans after being fucked four ways from Sunday uh, on the weekend. But um, I'm sure I'll walk that off eventually. Uh, Barney, how are you? Rant's limited to three minutes, thank yeah, you, I'll man. I'll say, I'm going to have to go now or later. Well, well, no, no, no going right, but finally almost back to 100% health, which is good. That's uh, whatever the hell that was, kicked my ass for a good week, but <laughs> we're getting back into it. Some enjoyable footy. There was, um, there was moments of pretty bad <laughs> football played as well, but yeah, I really enjoyed the, the weekend of football, minus one or two games, especially that last couple of minutes on Sunday, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. Well, it actually was um, one of the better rounds of footy all year, actually, until the last, literally the last second. Ollie. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, got to go to my first Titans game in person um, Sorry about for that. about three years. Um, I think they lost that day too. So, um, yeah, pretty good. Jumpy, how are you? Yeah, I agree with, with you guys. It was a good round of footy until the last second of the last game. Then everything sort of... Well, technically it wasn't the last second. <laughs> well, it was af- after the yeah, so <laughs> and Things have gone berserk, but I think the NRL or the refs and the bunker are really happy that the whole manly thing's happened because people only spoke about the bunker for a day and we're on to something different. Which happens in rugby league, but yeah, it was yeah no the footy was was quite good, so a um, lot to talk about. I think. Where do we start? You didn't start with the Tigers. Let's get out of the way. I've slept most of my rage off, so I don't quite know where to go next. Um, yeah, you'll find it. Go on, uh, reach in there, son. I, well, look, all year I've sat here at various stages and said a certain decision cost. We'll start with the Tigers. The Tigers either momentum or the game at a critical time, and I reckon I could name four other games, uh, you know, like the Manly game and the uh, and a few others along the way. But that was the most blatant I've ever seen for just a, a, a top tier side just getting the so-called rubber the green. Uh, there's so many things wrong with it, which has all been publicly talked about, and you guys articulate better. But the minute they blew the whistle, I knew something was going to happen. You knew something they were going to find a reason to overturn it. And um, lo and behold, there it was. Um, I was just proud of myself for having the, the wherewithal to throw my drink bottle towards the lawn and not towards the TV. I've already been through <laughs> enough in the last year or so. But um, look, what can you say about decision? It was wrong. I, I, there's, firstly, does it, can we just have a show of hands here? If, it, if the shoe was on the other foot, would anyone here possibly envisage a Tigers getting that decision? No. Or even been allowed not. to protest it or anything like that. No, it would have just been the whistle blown and game over, I would so imagine. The referee shut the bed. Apparently, actually Klein advised Chris Butler to advise them to use a challenge, whatever that means. That's why the Tigers have requested audio of it. Uh, so, yeah, the decision itself shouldn't have been made, which I've acknowledged. Uh, the wording from Annesley was very, very careful not to play many vault, which I'm sure if he had a come out and said, no, he fucked both lots up, there'd be legal action. So I can see why they. it was just a massive smother. But massively frustrating. Um, and just another example, which we've talked about all year, of the top team getting a rub here. Um, who, who wants to talk about it? Like I said, I've come right down, to be honest. But. Yeah, no, I'll pipe in. I reckon that there's probably a half a dozen problems with it before we even got to the point The decision itself. The decision itself. I, I still am really unclear on the timeout around goal kicks as well. Why was the clock stopped at five seconds yeah. when Adam Dewey hadn't taken the allotted amount of time to take the kick for goal? If that was the first minute of the game, would the clock have stopped at that point in time no. for Dewey to take the kick? So that for starters, that they probably should have let the clock run down 
he hadn't taken his 75 seconds that are allowed, and they do it all the time. I think he thought he did. From I think he assumed. Well, I think once you get to five seconds, it's but, a safe bet. Hey? But the ref then called timeout yep. at five seconds. So there's a problem to start with. Let the clock run down. Isn't that what and, it's for? <laughs> well, that's right. For the 30-second scrum clock, they don't stop it. Or they don't stop the dropout clock, or they don't stop no. any other clock, but the game clock stopped. So the problem's gone if that happens, which it doesn't happen in the first minute of the game. I want to try and keep it short because I'm probably repeating things that people will say. Yeah. They well, had 21 seconds to make the challenge when you've got 10 yeah. seconds to make the challenge. They there didn't, was they no didn't challenge a decision. They weren't challenging any decision that was made. The referee didn't make a decision. Yeah. They've bought out now Soft Whistle, who. A show of hands who's heard, heard of soft no. whistle before. <coughs> Never heard of it in terms of that. So, look, I the one thing I do hope comes out of it, and I know that it's probably difficult for the Tigers as a club and supporters, but I, I don't want to see legal action and teams lose two competition points or gain two competition points in the courts because I think it's a very dangerous precedent set then that if another error is made in a game in the 36th minute, that that goes to court and teams at two points it advantages the Cowboys seriously for home finals and stuff I understand but for 120 years in rugby league the decision's been final and when the game's finished the team takes their two points and and they play next week so I understand all of that type of stuff but I think it would be sad indictment if it went down that course and I get why at people's careers hang on it and all that kind of stuff so I get it but I, that's something that I wouldn't want to see. But the numerous problems with it, and the NRL can apologise all they want, it, it doesn't change anything. No, the worst anything thing is when they admit they're the wrong. Yeah, like that's and we all, everyone here knew there was going to be an apology the next day, and nothing would, and that's it. Like there's only two people on the planet that think it was a penalty: the bunker and Paul Kent yeah. are the only yes. two people <laughs> that think that it should have been a penalty. And yeah. look. It, it doesn't even matter if Kapoa runs directly for the ball. He he needed to be near the ball. He could have been five metres in front waiting to catch the tap back from yeah. the, the the Cowboys. That it, so blokes do that too. Oh, yeah. they do it all in, the time. In terms of that, that yeah. they're five metres sort of away. And the, the last point I want to make is with one second to go, were the Cowboys going to score a try? Nope. No. Were they going to kick a field goal? No. So what was their only option there? To play for a penalty. To get a penalty yeah. is which Kyle felt did. He picked the player that he was going to run into. Kapoa was the closest and he was – no matter where Kapoa ran then, I believe Kyle felt was going to run into him. Yeah. If you and I or both – Or someone else. Whoever or, was – Or whoever yeah. was the closest person to him, Kyle felt was going to run into him. Fair play to Kyle felt. Mm. He's done anything to win a game. We've all played sport and there's most things we do to win, right, in that position. So nothing against Kyle Felt, but he is a he is a diver and he stays down when he gets the hit set high. before, so he was pulling a cramp. Correct. Like the, literally in, the set in terms before. Of that, was, yeah. And you watch how he sprinted faster when Kapoa started to move. Yeah. Like, so he was going at a normal rate to, ca- to catch a kickoff, and then when he saw Kapoa move, he sped up mm. to, to move. So... Look, in terms of that, look, there's probably a million other takes that people have on it, but that's where I sit um, with it. Yeah, absolutely. The highest percentage play was a penalty. Um, the, even if they did get the tap back, what's the what's the chances of scoring a try or getting you know getting down there for 
whatever it was, field goal. It's very, very slim. Um, Kapoa did everything right, in my opinion. He eyes on the ball. It was shoulder-to-shoulder contact. It wasn't forceful. He didn't go out of his way to knock him to the ground. He just took up a position and got in his way, which you see week after week with bombs to corners and kickoffs and all the rest of it. They well, I think the- Kapoa fell through, out of surprise that Felt had run into it. Him. looked like he got tripped yeah. over, yeah the, yeah. the legs got tangled and they, they fell. Um, they... They fucked the kick up off to begin with. They kicked it too deep, so they were never going to get the tap back. And then, no. then it became, yeah, the diving for a penalty. It was an absolute dive. And how the fact that, as you mentioned, the soft whistle and all the rest of it just makes absolutely no sense. It was, it was a gift. The Cowboys were given yeah. a gift, and it would only happen to the Tigers too. Like it's something that could only possibly happen to the Tigers because they're far long enough. Oliver, I can maybe think of. Another team, and this is where you've all had you don't understand. You've all had your smart takes and everything. So I'm going to be a biased Titans fan. I'm glad they didn't overturn the result and give two points to the Tigers because if my team (laughs) was the first ever team in history to win the wooden spoon because a game got overturned, I'd have to speak to a real estate agent because I'd be moving from the roof to the top of a skyscraper. (laughs) But my team came last because they lost 32 competition points. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's true. Did you, so there, <laughs> Actually, you know, yeah. like, like, come on, you, you, yeah. that's drawing a bit of a bow there. You, your team's just not good enough. <laughs> well, his team's just not good enough. Otherwise, I would have won the game by more. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, did I cut you off there, David? So. No, mate, not really. Um, yes. The Cowboys like? got through with a couple of individual efforts and the, the Tigers were by far the better team. They probably squandered an opportunity or two, but they deserved to win that game. And yeah, They and should yeah, never have had yeah, it taken away Dewey from kicks them. Well, at least one of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, there was a try or two where they sort of dropped the ball when they were in good position to score and, and the we'll rest save, of it. We'll but save the actual analysis for an hour and a half's time, I suppose. It was a pathetic decision that should never have been given. The fact that you got someone tipping downstairs for him to make a challenge against a call that wasn't even fucking made is ridiculous. And, like, and then just from Owsley that the resulting penalty was the breaking play. Like, what the, by that logic, you should be well, able to appeal. Then he the penalty straight away. No, but by that logic, you can appeal anything you want. But I looked up. You can appeal or play the ball now. I no, actually, you play that right on a penalty. Well, I actually looked up the rule, there is a rule on the NRL. And, and, and honestly, to say there's no rule around it, there actually is. Yeah. Uh, because it talks about a restart of play and then it lists a scrum. A penalty, a drop out, or whatever. Yeah. So that's not a break in play. There, it's full time. It's a permanent break. So it's not a break in play. His wording was very, very careful because if he'd come out and said both were wrong, then there would be legal action. And the fact that because it's an admission of guilt, and then as you said about stopping the game clock. Apparently, it's meant to be every like the last five minutes of every game. I didn't see the game clock stopped in any game for the entire no. weekend, apart from the last. It does stop twenty five seconds. It does. You see, it in close games, it's a, they pick and choose losers. But well, it yeah. only stops when the ball's dead after the kick is being between taken the scores, between the try and, and the kick yeah. off. Yeah. So it doesn't stop when the guy's lining but up. Half the, the time, you don't. Have, it doesn't even happen either. They in just six let it go. other games that weekend, they would have shaken hands after the kick after that goal went over. Oh, 100%. percent yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But what do you say? We'll get to the actual game review down the road. Um, it was just more, you know, I, I went and just walled for a bit, um, as I've learned from Glenn Pollard, just sitting and staring at a wall for an hour can often help your mental state. So <laughs> nice. um, that's what I went and did very quietly. And um, it almost helped until I went down to social media Rude after that. Yeah, that's not going to help. Also, classic social media in that 24 hours later, everyone else decides that the decision was right and has to argue everyone else 
in the first place. But anyway, let's move on to the other big issue of the week, the Manly Pride jersey. So seven players it's official are sitting out this week <coughs> as a result of the Pride jersey that was um, dropped on them. Uh, apparently on the front page of the newspaper was the first time they heard about it. Barney, do you have thoughts? Uh, it becomes a political discussion that's got nothing to do with football, realistically. Um, at the end of the day, if you don't want to wear a jersey and don't want to represent it, that's fine. You sit out, you don't get paid, and it, it is what it is in that you know that sort of way. Uh, it's going to keep happening. You're going to see it over the next few years. Like it's, They're going to force their way with the, the PC conversation into the game, which happened in a lot of other sports, and I can't see it not happening in the NRL. It may take a little bit longer, but I'm sure it will happen down the track, whether it's a full round or whether you know teams choose to wear jerseys at different on different weekends. Um, what can you say? I, there's been a lot of commentary out there again on social media. One of the one things that has resonated with me is that you don't see, you know, people boycotting apart from, you know, Sonny Bill Williams and, um, the, you know, other, others that have said I'm not playing in a jersey that has gambling sponsorship or alcohol sponsorship on it whatsoever. Uh, Suwali, I think there's only an age-related thing because this year he's got... Yes, yeah, so, you know, that, that's another whole conversation to be had and, uh, you know, you, you admire people for sticking up for what they believe in but you know, that's, at the end of the day, I... I can't agree with it. Like you don't see people taking a stance against people that have been charged with domestic violence and all that kind of thing. And you know, and if you, if that does happen, you, most of the time the person that's taking the stance gets moved on to another club. You know what I mean? And they go, oh, "I don't want to play with that bloke." Oh well, he's here. You, you're going to have to go. So it's it's a yeah, it's not a footy discussion in my opinion. Really, obviously, it's blown up because of what it is. But Oliver, well, I guess I'll just say to sort of add to what Barney said. The reasoning that has been given for them having their beliefs does stir up quite a, a can of worms, as I said before, in terms of possible hypocrisy and stuff like that. So I think that's also um, a bit of a shame as well. Do you have any thoughts, Gum? Yeah, look, sport. I agree. Sport and politics just shouldn't mix. I think that it's unfortunate that the Manly players have been asked to put their beliefs out there in terms of that. So the club has sort of stuffed up by by saying we wouldn't know at the other 15 clubs which players would have that stance because they haven't been asked to. So they've been asked in their workplace to make a decision and, and we've all got to make them the same as vaxxing and not vaxxing and all those types of things. So, look, in the end, their workplace have instructed them to wear a particular piece of clothing for the round. You can choose not to wear it, but I'm with Barney. Dock them their pay. If they if they're that principled, then they won't want to get paid. If they really believe yeah, in actually. it that much, the same as we all would. If you really believe in something that much, then it's not about the money. It's about the principle of 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 why you're doing it. And again, it, it it's a bit hypocritical in terms of that, you know. And I'm not going to say that, you know, it's the easy thing to say. Just wear it for eighty minutes, and that's easy for us to say when we don't. I don't wouldn't worry me either way. Like, I don't care enough about the topic to, you know, to be either way. So it's easy for us to say, and if it was that easy, they'd do it. So that that's sort of my view on it, and it's unfortunate for the game, and hopefully it hasn't opened up a Pandora's box for any other round of, of footy, and why they would want to wear it on women in league round is probably an oversight from Manly as well or the NRL or somebody. True. It is women in league round this week. 
and yep. this has taken all the gloss now off women the amazing things that, that discussion we, women do in our game at junior level and now we've got the NRLW and, and girls playing in big numbers and has it taken some of the gloss off that? It probably has. So, you know, a few negatives there. Yeah, I think uh, in fairness um, and, and good friend of the show, Gaz, made some very good topics about how uh, – very good co- points about how you know, ultimately religion shouldn't be a cover for – either prejudice or bigotry, but it's um, – which I won't really go into because it was a private conversation, but it um, is – I think Manly have handled it completely the wrong way. Like, if I think – but I, I think it's a quite an oblivious marketing decision. They thought almost in – probably in an arrogant way to think, hey, we'll put this out there, everyone will love us. We'll mm-hmm. be the first time ever, how good, with actually going, okay, what does it mean? And maybe they shouldn't have had to think what does it mean, but um, – well, they've just to made the them, assumption that it's a non-issue and no everyone will wear care. it and everyone will love it. That's right. Um, so it then becomes a situation – but they're, they've they're created this situation. They're going to bull, bulldoze it through. It's going to probably cost them a top eight spot realistically. Uh, so if it is a marketing decision as a result, hey, well, they sold out, good on them, um, whether it was a limited run or whatever. Um, yeah, it could. It, uh, yeah, but it definitely I think could cause deep-seated problems within a playing group with you know people that do have friends, and you know that discussion yeah. now becomes a, a constant discussion between people that may have uh, relatives or they may be homosexual themselves, and then you know it, it becomes well, a problem between. Like it would have well, been I something that was never discussed. They wouldn't have discussed. That's right. It. So, so the point I was getting to is one hundred percent right. That if you if you're as a club very serious about this pride the pride thing, um, make it. A strength. Don't make it a marketing decision. Make it a club decision. Say, hey, we're going to talk to our playing group first. Well, it needs to be part of your brand. Thing, and it then needs say, to be part of what you represent. Yeah. And so obviously you it obviously isn't. Put that um, into your employees when they come to the joint. So yeah. that's right. But then say, okay, how, education starts at home. So before you go out and release something on the front page of the paper, yeah, yeah, yeah. go, okay, let's get Ian Roberts in two man. Well, this was probably a 12-month discussion they should have had 12 months ago with their that's playing what, group. That's my point. Gone, so have a pride discussion the track we're on going Sunday. Say, we're thinking about this in 12 months' time. What do you think, Boys, here's Ian Roberts to talk about it. Look him in the eye and tell him you don't want to do it. And if that's fine, that's cool. Uh, well, not cool, but that's but yeah, your if decision. You have issues, been, come you, to the club and come we'll, and talk, we'll talk to talk it. About it. And yeah. then you can go as a club. You can simply go, okay, this is going to cause a rift. Let's just step back from it, or let's further the education. And say, okay, or let's go offload the play. You go and play for someone else. Or you else. say, well, maybe you maybe like your, maybe your players aren't either on board as a club, or maybe their beliefs don't align with your own, which happens in all walks of life. Yeah. And say, okay, go go do your best somewhere else. Um, so I think they've yeah, this is mainly bought it all themselves. But I, it it could have been at an education level handed so much better if they'd thought it through. It wasn't thought through. I mean, some bloke in marketing, um, I was going to use a name there, but we don't need to use it. <laughs> um, but he, some bloke in marketing, said this is a good idea. Let's do this. We'll make heaps of money, and that was the end of it. They've bought it themselves. Um, I do absolutely a hundred percent agree. They should not get paid, particularly because um, all those players who would get paid. There's every chance that the 10% of what they've made from that game would go to a, a cert, to a church that doesn't support the issue as well. So it's um, – I think if you stand up for an issue, you'd believe enough to say, no, I don't want a paycheck yeah, this week as I, well. That, that's and let's the whole see thing. What if you're that principled, yeah. see if you're still that principled if you're not getting paid. paid yeah, when you, your money doesn't your account that week. Yeah. Uh, and if the church is that principled, when that doesn't yeah. pass on. But anyway, uh, and also the nah, – I'll move on. Move on. Um, we've probably all said enough about it. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some other news throughout the round. Um, signing news. Um, you going to talk about Mr. Proctor, Ollie? 
He's gone now. It's so stupid. Like it is. Well, <laughs> at half time, and your team's getting belted at that point. Like, so not only has he decided to to have a vape in the toilet, whatever, which is already the wrong thing to do. Why would you put on your Instagram story? Well, that's the at key. that time. What? Because he's Reco- a halfwit. Sorry. Yeah. Record it and put it up two days later when people Sorry. don't know when you've recorded it. Like, why would you put it up then? Like, yeah, I think that's all that, like... Can I bring up something the with the Titans that's really bugging me? Yeah. That when the Titans were going well last year, all you heard about was Mal Meninga and bringing mm, in the yeah, culture and now. all this kind of stuff. Now they're at the bottom. I haven't heard Mal Meninga no. mentioned... Once this year. I have, but it's been about Australia. In terms of that. So that really bothers me with the Titans that last year. You know what happened? When a new coach comes in in three weeks, well, Mal's on board. There'll be a photo of of him shaking the hand. And they talked about the culture. Well, Kevin Proctor is in your toilet at half time having a vape. But that's not great culture in my opinion. And all the pressure's on on Holbrook, which it, it, it... it's partly his responsibility, but the playing group. But when they were successful, Malmany, even last year on that Matty John show, they were talking about Gordon Callis was talking about how he was involved with the Titans and doing all this. Don't hear him mentioning no, his involvement the at the Titans. Now. He's back on the Broncos bandwagon <laughs> now that they're going good. So where's the whole Malmaninga conversation <laughs> here and his involvement at the club? I think it's it's pretty ordinary in terms of they're kind of leaving Holbrook out to dry here in terms of this, and there's no responsibility being taken by Meninga. Is Matt a head of football, or is he just like an ambassador? I don't well, he, no, he is – I'm not sure if it's the exact same title, but he's essentially Gus or Tim oh, Sheens. But I, mean. I think if his job like, – like, yeah. like, Tim Sheens is at every training. Yeah. Phil Gould's at, I assume, every training. I think, I, but I think Mal has something in his contract or something I heard a little while because he is the Australian coach. He can sort of – But if it clashes he could golf, sort of he, pick, he could sort there. of pick and, like, he could sort of – just come in, come in and out and like sort of I, thing. He's nowhere near as involved. I, if he's I got a boozy lunch on, yeah, yeah doesn't you know what? F- up, Phil Gould no. or Tim Sheens could probably do the same, thing, do the same yeah. thing, but they don't because it's not the well, right thing are. to do. They, you probably find sure that yeah. six out of the seven days a week they're fucking nowhere near the joint. Yeah. But I don't. They turn yeah. up on game but they know day. what's going on, and they'll be, yeah. or at least they're in the office doing something else, kind of thing. and that's the thing. You're right in that if well, the Bulldogs are running last. Uh, every second chat in the media would mention what's Gus done for the club. What's Gus done for the club? But, and they, but you can see he has done stuff. I so. prefer to know none of them, right? I, the players and whatnot. But last year, it was every week you heard about Meninga does this and Meninga does that. This year, has yeah. he done anything? Because they haven't it, – it's tumbleweeds in, in terms of – Ollie's right. The only time you've heard his name mentioned is talking about Australia and the World Cup. It comes back Nothing to the playing the group Titans. as well. Like you look at of course the, it does. There's two blokes there that have a crack every week. One's AJ Brimson, and he's, what, a 25-year-old half that's sort of been in and out of the team, a lot of injuries and all the rest of it. And the other bloke's Tino, who's, what, 23. And a forward that's come from Melbourne, who busts his ass every week. The rest of them go missing every second week, if not fucking for most games for at least 40 minutes. And you got someone like Proctor, who was a big money signing, who was meant to be the leader of came the forward pack when he came through from Melbourne. and. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dumb thing. At the end of the day, I don't know if it's a sackable offence. It's stupidity. Um, you know, the, I'm sure uh, there's plenty of blokes that vape in the well, sheds. It was easy to sack him. He had whatever. five games left. They, don't want he, they haven't wanted him there for a while. Yeah. It and was it's an technically easy illegal out. because smoking's and illegal. And, uh, the, well, he's breached it, it, a, it, it, a, 
indoor yeah, yeah, health protocol. Or whatever the thing the fuck that gets is, me yeah, is uploading it to your Instagram story at the time because how shit. does he not go into that going? Still, There's going to be some form of repercussion there, here. They would have like, pulled him into the fucking into yeah, the coach's right. office. The coach would have gone, "You're a fuckwit. What are you doing? Yeah. Delete it." Go and do ten extra laps and fucking you and know, some charity a, work. And they would have put out a statement saying, "Apologise to the fans." Yeah, and they would have put out a statement saying, "They would have put out a the typical fucking change name at the top statement." I've let down the fans. I've let down my to supporters. I've let down my family. It's another cult, leads to another culture issue. Whereas yeah. the Titans realistically should have addressed it, made the player address it, and then worked through with his last five weeks. But they've gone the easy option and shown him the door and fucked him off. So. Is it Bellamy that just tells him all to can social? Pretty much. I think, I think it's during pre- during, during pre-season, pre-season like while they're into yeah. the finals. Yeah. Oh no, they lock yeah. up their phones and all sorts of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. when they yeah. come it's into like, the it's room, it's at different yeah. different points. They and take stuff their as phones well. off them when they turn up at the ground and shit. But that's the thing too. It, but it's a bit of another thing. But Proctor, I don't think should be allowed to have his phone either. I, I know he's not playing in the game. Yeah, I know. I know he's not playing in the game. But I think that every every single person who goes in there and is involved betting reasons. Yeah. Allegedly. But even then, he's not even playing the game. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it makes it even less of an issue for me. But. Yeah. Uh, Ray, uh, Raymond Fatala Marin has re signed to 2025. He's just starting to look really good as well. He is starting uh, to come yeah. back into some good form. Looking um, like he'll be. Serious very player, man. Year. Injuries is the only thing that's kept him from reaching the heights in his career. And I expect him, if he stays fit in the next year and a half, two years, to be a serious. Uh, Back rower in this competition. So it's good Kick out one for side and Fatala Marin are on the other side as both. Offering good, off-load, strong running on the edge yeah. with an offload and Footwork, some footy in them. Big so bodies. You get you know. to Vita right as well, hey. Well, uh, oh, he's, going, he's, he's going, going all right. He's, he's going, going all right. right. Yes. Uh, Kevin Aguama heading back to the UK, as is Dufty, yeah. Maguire, Lachlan Lamb, Suaso Sue, all uh, on the plane sooner rather than later. Probably expected with every name you just mentioned, I would assume. Yeah, so I don't know, you know what else we're going to say about all of them. No. Judiciary news, uh, Dale Finucane will fight. His three-match ban will be going on as we speak, so we may have breaking news before the end of the show. I'm sure we will. And Corey Waddell has been referred to the judiciary for an eye poke, which looked worse, one of those ones that looked worse on some angles and than others, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't know. look like he was trying to rip his eye out or anything, but he did get his hand in the wrong I position. Think, uh, yeah, he might, out the face. he might have a month off. Probably he won't be too unhappy about that. Probably get two or three nah, weeks. Of four less errors well, at the, the Bulldogs, one. mate. The last one was Hudson Young who had his fingers three quarters, three quarters up the knuckle into somebody's face and he got five or something. Five weeks. So yeah. I wouldn't imagine he gets more than two or three. You could you could realistically argue, and there was one that you could argue was more accidental than not compared to that. He still was grabbing at the face and the yeah. head. It, was, it didn't look great. <laughs> uh, injury news, Jaden Sullivan and uh, Cody oh, Ramsey. Any take on the fin- Finucane one? Oh, sorry, you want to talk about it? Yeah, Finucane, very much. Um, he lost control. It was complete, out. He was but being mental. when you talk about reckless, but, that was reckless, yeah. in my opinion. Um, the damage came from the result of a head clash. I didn't see any contact with the shoulder to no, the head. No, but if, um, if, if, Jack Heatherington, if Jack Heatherington does that, do you reckon he even stays on the field I, at all? Or is probably he goes for 10. Look, I'm going against popular opinion here, and Dale Finucane's a good bloke, clean-skinned player. But if you charge out of the line like that and it goes wrong, then I think you get two or three weeks if you make contact with the head. If he moves up in the defensive line like normal and that happens, then okay. But there's intent and it's reckless when he's got there and he's got a duty of care to not hit him in the head. So I think it's different the intent that he had. I would call that intent. 
Yeah, even though he, he didn't. Well, he was trying to hurt the bloke. Yeah. He wasn't trying to take his head off. No, but he was but trying he was to trying, put a shot on. Look, so he was trying he to lift his team mm, and all that, and yeah. it looked great, and the crowd cheered and and whatnot. But in the end, if you're if you take that risk, it's the same as I think shoulder charges still should be allowed. And if you shoulder charge and it goes wrong and you hit someone in the head, then you get four weeks. Yeah. Because a shoulder charge. The easy way for that, as you said, like the easy way for that not to be reckless is still come out with the same force, still come out with the same intent, bend at the fucking hips and hit him around the ribs. Yeah, it doesn't fucking happen. And bury him and well, look, <laughs> well, look probably at, bust a couple of his ribs and he doesn't well, play for okay. a month. But look at what Justin Nolan did to Cody Walker. Put him, put him out of that game. He did not take part no, in that game after <laughs> he that. He didn't hit. want anything to do. He with the was rest done of that for game. the night. And yeah. look at what Fanukin did. Well, what was um, the difference between Fanukin well, and Latrell? Well, nothing except except Latrell used concept. except Latrell hit his shoulder. Well, you know what? It was more the action good, was the action was almost identical. Concept. It was more good yeah. luck than good judgment. Yes. The way Fanukin's arms arm swung around after it, which yeah, well, made it if look. If Fanukin so, was as tall as Latrell, he hits him straight across the middle of the face. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Because he's that bit shorter. It was reckless. And the bloke he was hitting was a little bit I taller. Think that, so. To me, that's the definition of reckless. And if reckless, he carries a waiting, then that is it. Like that, I've never seen a. That's more, two weeks. Compa- and, com- but in terms of in the game, compare that to what Ken Mamalo did on Sunday, who braced himself and got and got ten sent, minutes. Correct. Binned. Was right. another one I was going to bring up, but yeah. you've already done it. But he braced himself. He wasn't even the first man in the tackle. Correct. And was considered direct contact with the head. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get two weeks. But. We'll I'd, I'd expect two to three. I think is it heavier if he fights it? Three is the most. Um, it's two if he pled guilty and three I didn't if think, he loses. I'd put say to choose a wanker term. The optics weren't good. I think he might get it um, downgraded and then get two weeks. He's but. probably clean, I'm sure. So whatever. But no, that's um, my thoughts here. Oliver, you have an opinion? Well, I think I agree with pretty much everything you guys are saying, but it also makes it a bit harder when... Um, Part of, bloke, part of a bloke's ear comes off due to it. Well, mouth wasn't great, which as a result, he's yeah. out for this week. Yeah, he's yeah. had his plastic surgery. He may potentially have to wear a head, headgear for the rest of the but year. It's, uh, a, it's a weird one because how do you penalise it? On a, like it has ended up being head contact. Can you charge a bloke on uh, like penalise a bloke yeah. for being in reckless or in... I think, I, think it's more, I think it's great. Well, I don't know the grades. Oh, yeah. It's, the it's great something reckless. The judiciary it's deliberating can, there. How do, you, yeah. how do you penalise a bloke on the field for it when it's clear it head been, contact? I think ben, and, ben should have been. Yeah, but for what? Know, for head for a headbutt? But what was Ken Mamalo been for? Shoulder he had no charge. intention to. Yeah, but he had no intention to hit him in the head of his shoulder. He just happened to. Yeah, it's, that's my that's my Finnegan point. didn't try to, didn't hit him in the head with anything apart from his face. Yeah, it looked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just but, I mean, so, yeah. his head compared to other normal people. I mean, I'm just looking at the I'm just looking at the transcript from the judiciary oh, yeah. now, and and actually, Barney, what you said, you should actually be at the judiciary, and the summing up of the NRL person that's doing the prosecution has said. Um, the injury to Crichton could have been avoided if Finucane's tackling style had been different. Absolutely. So it's, what, so it's exactly what you said yeah. in terms How of... How that translates to a penalty on the field so, is a whole correct. other discussion. So, so. Um, but and traditionally, they've weighted the resulting injury into the verdict, haven't they? They've said... No, okay, that's, more, that's more of his... In, that's well, no, more on the, cannibals the intent on the tackle than anything. Who, who are we to know what the judiciary's thinking? Yeah. All he had to do was drop... Fucking four inches lower, and he would have probably put Crichton out of the game anyway, yeah. and there wouldn't have been no issue. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like they should be showing people t- tackles Jake's makes and yeah. tackles Olemeister. Like, Trevor like yeah. he was the best for how long? Ten years. He used to just drop like smash them, fucking yeah. hit them through the ribs, put them on their back. 
time after time. That's how fucking I learned to tackle in the eighties, yep. the fucking nineties. You, That's how were you told, tackled. Bend you bend at the hips, start somewhere between their hips and their armpits and just drive through the middle. But you don't see it anymore. No. So. Yeah, yeah. Now We'll have a whole show on tackling today <laughs> over Christmas or something. Um, yeah, so Crichton will be recovering from plastic surgery this week. Uh, for Penrith, Jerome Luai, six weeks with an MC, uh, six to eight. The knee, yeah. With an MCL. Uh, so that's... Is that in the try celebration? Or? <laughs> Who, um, finals. He, he was in the... He'll miss the first two weeks of the finals, I think, is the, is the goal. So, Look, Penrith, we'll get to Penrith, but they're, they're, they're not unbeatable. They're I'm not stand by that. No. Uh, Jaden Sullivan and Ramsey both two weeks from the, the uh, Dragons. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon season and Ponga probably season looks like three concussions in six weeks. What Fitzgibbon do? Shoulder, I believe. Same one. Oh, that's right. Did. He was hanging under his shoulder. Well, you yeah, wouldn't play Ponga now. Oh, no, well, you wouldn't play. You'd what? pack him up and say yeah, three concussions in six let's weeks, get, and that was quite. Let's get ready. Well, and once you start getting those couple in a row, that's when you start getting knocked out by well, further touches. If he gets one in the next so. two weeks, then he could miss six months of the next season. You know he, he's right? gone out. So. Like, the twelve got rest. Twelve, twelve uh, got done for the year for two. So Graham was pretty much all year yeah. for three last year. And his season's done. Yeah, so yeah, what, what are they gaining There's by playing Caelan Pong and well, that's right. well, that's the thing. To in, sort of a weird glass half full situation. Newcastle were probably in the best position to do that because there's no way they're making the eight. There's no way they're finishing last. So, and they could what, probably they can now have a look at two or three kids over the next four weeks. Yeah. Put them in. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I indeed did press it, David, as we resume to talk about rugby league. Um, actually, apart from the last second, a fantastic round of footy. I probably enjoyed most games I remember. Um, and a couple I don't from Saturday, but I reviewed them <laughs> later. Anyway, Brisbane 36, uh, talking about impressive. Uh, beat the Eels 14, who were not so. Uh, are you statted up this week, David? Absolutely, mate. I, I don't even think Parramatta, you know, Parramatta weren't great, but I think the Broncos just bashed them out of this, to be honest. We had three tries to six. One out of three conversions played six out of six. 74% completion played 83%. 29 out of 39 sets played 36 out of 43. Three line breaks for Parramatta, four for the Broncos. 27 tackle bus played 29. 16 offloads to 10. A forced dropout by Parramatta. 0-40-20s. 340 tackles uh, made by Parramatta, 331 by Brisbane. One ruck infringement to two. Two inside the 10s against Parramatta. Two penalties conceded by Parramatta, seven by Brisbane. 16 errors to eight and a sin bin. Mahoney or Mahoney made 43 tackles. Ricky with 31. Gutho made 164 metres. Payne Haas back to 225 metres, which is an average pretty much. <laughs> RCG missed five tackles, made 23. Capewell missed six and made 26. Hass with 105 supercoach points. Reynolds was 94. And Sean Lane with 91. Uh, I don't generally jump in first on these sort of things, but fuck it, I will this week. Um, as someone who is, and I, I yeah, tip, tipped para, the Broncos wrong, but I've been frothing the Broncos yeah. since our bold prediction show last week, last year. Um, this was a night where I sat there and just went, Brisbane can win the comp. I'm not saying they will win the comp, but they're the right sort of team. I've been waiting to see it, and I thought it was power, but fuck me, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> Brisbane are the sort of team that can beat Penrith. And, yes, everyone has to line up. Penrith does, has to be slightly below their best. And but if they put together that 20 minutes of football where they can put 14, 18 points on and then have Reynolds kick Penrith to death and just smash them, and they have a forward pack that can match them, that's where – and you saw how Sharks had laid that template this a little bit as well. This forward pack is dangerous, but that man. 20 minutes where Haas was just – Bashing someone and get an offload to carry and just bash someone else. And you got and New and doing Mar- it as well off the bench. Yeah. And then you got Mam and New and Cobo still to come back. 
it, I, I loved watching Brisbane for that first half. They were fantastic. And Adam Reynolds is probably playing as good a footy as he's ever played. Like, I don't remember doing half this stuff for South. He didn't have to, admittedly. But um, this is it was absolutely needed. fantastic. Yeah. I think they're... They're a better team than the Cowboys. I'll, I'll go on record and saying I'm saying, but I think the template is there to beat Penrith. You've got to, like Melbourne did two years ago, pull their pants down, bash them for a bit, and then make them chase you. And I think Sharks showed they don't like necessary chasing. Um, and I think that's the template. I think they've got the right template for it. And I still, I've warmed back up to East. So I thought losing those two forwards are, are off that. But and you can rattle Penrith um, a little bit in the middle too, from what I saw over if, the weekend. If, if, if East get Takiyo back for like a semi-final, they can rattle Penrith, I think, as well. But um, apart from that, we, well, I've mentioned them all, but Payne House was fantastic coming back <laughs> off what, with um, one arm. Pat Carrigan, I, you know, we've raved about him since Magic Round, but what, now he's... He, he yo's better than yo these days. He's so good. Um, I've never seen him play... Uh, ball play better than this game. Just crisp. He was fantastic. He was very crisp. He did a lot he of it at Brisbane. Line break assists, yeah. try assists. He was just floating across fantastic. the field as well as digging into the line. Um, it was great. Tessie knew will end up being a superstar as well the way he's going. He's just still warming back up into it. And as for Ezra Mam, they do play. The one problem they have with Mam is he, he loves getting real fat, flat with the, the hooker. He stands in front of the Like he ends up in front of the service line a lot. Is that a word? Service line. Um, but I just um, – I thought across the park, even your Rickies yeah. of the world and your Heatherings were fantastic off the bench. Um, and if I'm going to talk about anyone from Brisbane, I'll talk – you know, Papa E did a good job, I suppose. I didn't notice anyone, really. Uh, I'll get back to Gutho later. Oh, Sean Lane was fantastic. Oh, sorry. Sean Lane against mm. – yeah. Sean Lane against another team might have scored four tries, and that's their go-to. Unfortunately, since you've had that bet, I don't think he's crossed the line at all. But I keep backing him. <laughs> nah, um, I'm back. I believe. I used me. I'll back him. He looked like he, he looked <laughs> like he was going to be home career. in this one. He looked like he might have got <laughs> over in this one. He got tackled on the line. Yeah, like, he would have. He would have been over here. Uh, and he probably for three 26, times. Twenty six bucks for first try score. You can back him every game, and you'll be ahead by the end of the year if he yeah, scores. You get one, one right. So you're that's sweet. Right. Yeah, that's right. Barney, go on. Take it away. I mean, brilliant performance from Brisbane. Um, it was technical, skillful. They were physically dominant, especially in that first 20 minutes. They came out and absolutely flogged Parramatta through the middle of the field, led by Haas, Carrigan and Flegler. Um, they did all sorts of damage through the middle of the field. And Parramatta were definitely rattled. They they were on the back foot for the majority of the game. A couple of their forwards didn't look like they wanted to run into the line, to be honest, because they were no. getting flogged and smashed <laughs> on their back every time that they did. Um, and they never really looked competitive against the fired-up Brisbane side there for a big part of this game. Their back five struggled massively. Like, there was 11 errors from their wingers and centres. <laughs> and then you can add Gutho in there as well for another one or two and the pretty big one at the end there. Mm. But um, I thought Sivo and Penasini were probably the best of the outside backs for Parramatta. They they both had a mixed nights with a few errors here and there, but they they had a crack. Um, especially Sivo, he's get he's definitely getting better. Uh, still a little bit of ring rust in him, but I'm sure that'll be gone in the next couple of weeks. Um, Dylan Brown tried hard, and I thought he was pretty good. He caused a few you know issues for their defence with Sean Lane on that um, left hand side attack for Parramatta, but um, their forwards were contained easily. Madison, Papali, and Lane were the best in the middle. The the thing that really bothered me and irked me with this was. You could see Parramatta were fucked in the, at the back end of the game. Last 20 minutes, they were no, they had nothing. They had no energy in attack. And you got uh, Mahisi Makatoa played 10 minutes and Jacob Arthur played five minutes. Yeah. So you're getting 15 minutes out of two of your bench players. What the fuck are you doing as a coach he's, but he's to try and relieve the, you know, he's, the he's pressure off your year. forwards when they're getting belted in the middle of the field? Makes no sense to me. Um, 
Oates, Stags, and Tessie New were were very strong. Like Tessie New moves as good as anyone I've seen out in the football field. The way he's got the hip swerve, his his balance, his pace. He's um yeah, he looks like he'd be a terrific player moving forward. You know who he reminds me of the way he moves? Ben Barber. A little bit. Like yeah. very bigger body. Bigger. Like bigger. Bigger, yeah, 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 but, yeah. But a mover like yep. Ben Barber doesn't seem to slow down. The way the hips go, he glides. When he goes yeah. sideways yeah. or backwards or diagonally, yeah. it's very – the pace and, and the movement's very much and there like was, Ben Barber. There was one point there, I'm pretty sure it was Moses put a grubber in and he picked it up on his own goal line right next to the post and there was three Parramatta blokes in front of him and he jigged and jagged and went through the three of them, ran 15 metres downfield and the whole, the whole momentum switched and – Brisbane were on the front foot, and I think they went down and scored in the next set. So makes a massive difference having a good fullback back there. Um, I mentioned Carrigan's ball playing was fantastic. Um, Hass, and, Hass and Reynolds were their best two players, I thought. They were phenomenal in this game, and they were the difference. Go on, Gumpy. The level of skill from Brisbane was unbelievable in the, in the game. It's one of the more skillful performances from a team that, that I can remember in terms of skill. That was... The conditions were greasy and they had blokes picking the ball up from off their boot laces that were grubber kicks and picking them up and, and whatnot. Everything sort of went well from they owned them in the forwards. Para were their, were their bitch, basically. Carrigan <laughs> and Hass were unbelievable. Yeah. Reynolds was really good. Every player that we've sort of mentioned, probably Brisbane's weakest player was Stags, and he didn't have a bad game, but I didn't really notice him in, in the play sort He's of too much. He's been quiet for a month now. A bit quiet. Since... Um, since He's Tonga. Look, I don't know with Para. I really don't. Like, you watch him some weeks, and I'll probably come out this week and put in a really good performance against Penrith. But you just – there's no confidence in in the performance that that you're getting from them. And they've had really not many injuries or anything. Their rosters, their spine's been their spine for the year. It hasn't really changed. Those blokes have played. Madison been injured a little bit, and a few other blokes have sort of had – Top top only team that's had their full spine all year. Yeah, that hasn't really been affected by injuries. There, the the problem with teams like Para is there's just too big of a difference between their best and their worst for for me to think that they're a serious contender. Look, they've got a tough draw. They they'll be lucky if they can't get some consistency in their game. To make the eight, if if some of the teams outside, like the Roosters and and that, get on a roll and win games and continue to win, like I think Para have got Penrith, they've still got to play South, they've got to play the Broncos again. They've got the Roosters. They've got. got I banked on Bankwest being their key to the finals, and well, they've got some tops. Like they've got to play some top sides. I I just can't. I can't put my finger on what the issue is. But you know what? In the end, it was the old adage, Brisbane ran harder. They tackled harder for 80 minutes and they did it for a longer period of time. And that's why, you know, that they can contend, but I'll I'll disagree with you. I'll I'll get to it quickly now. I think Penrith can't be beaten because I... (sighs) I think that teams have got to play their best for 80 minutes and I don't know that any team's capable of it. I think that they can give you 40 or 50 like Cronulla did and they pushed them. But if you don't – if you're not on for the whole 80, Penrith will get you. And that's why I don't know that any other team's got it in them other than maybe the Roosters – but that's that's why I think that Penrith are $2 and probably (laughs) a good price at $2. 
Uh, uh, yeah, as I said, you uh, you weren't here last week. I think Penrith can be beaten, but not by a typical football team, not by a Cowboys, not by a by the numbers team. It's got to be an East, or it's got to be a Brisbane that have something else. Yes. And then, and you got to get and hope they have an off night. The planets a, have got to align, and they've got yeah. to play their best for eighty. And Penrith yeah. have got to that, be off. You've so got to yeah. throw the ball around, hang on to it, score some tries out wide, and bash them in the middle yeah. of the field. Yeah. You, you've got to you, like you've got to do you, it for you, eighty you, Bash them for twenty. <laughs> you know and you can't you can't try and have it. If it's six all half time, you're not going to beat them. You got to try and you've got to try and put on eighteen straight up, and then I said it reminded me a lot Cronulla and Penrith of the game and I probably should bring it up at that game, but I'll do it now while we're talking about it, that it reminded me of the grand final when Melbourne beat Penrith. For yeah, the yeah, first yeah. 20 minutes, Melbourne owned them and got 24 in front. Yep. I, Cronulla probably were a couple of tries short for their dominance. Yeah. Well, they, they had balls for 15 minutes either side of half time. So. That, yeah, <laughs> in terms of that. But for that first 20 minutes... If they minutes, play that half an hour decent footy, they'd probably go close to beating. Correct. Them, and, and so there it is. They just needed to do it for longer. Yeah. Oliver, hello. Would you like to talk about um, Brisbane? Well, or Parramatta. Brisbane are great, but I, I actually wanted to bring up Parramatta because obviously the other day before this game, um, I did my ladder predictor that I sent to our, our feedback chat. And the one thing I said is, I don't know how I've got Parramatta eighth. Got a bit more of an understanding after this game happened. Then I actually went and looked back. Parra have been trash for this past month, but it's sort of gone underlooked because they were beaten handily by South Sydney, but I think a lot more a lot more of the attention was on Latrell's return, obviously, yeah. and understandably. They should have lost to the Tigers, like a couple of teams probably this year, but anyway. Um, and the, that drop-off against the Warriors, I mean, if there was uh, another 10 minutes to go in the game, they, like the Warriors probably would have given it a real crack, to be, honest, to be honest. So I don't think Parramatta have actually been that good in hindsight well, they've got no for, form, for, have they? for really? a little while. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably six and, weeks, and really. You, and you yeah. know what? They, um, in terms of some of the most consistent forward pack performances as a pack this year, Parramatta probably still do have the most. That's their strong suit, right? But Brisbane just went and absolutely made them look like chumps overall. Sure, there were still a couple of really good individual performances brought up Lane, brought up Lee, but the, it's just not been the same group performances from that forward pack. And I think, like, uh, as I said, it's gone a bit under the radar because of other things, whatever. But I think that this week's the week where it actually clicked. It's like Parramatta have not been good for a little while and it's starting to get into the old end-of-season thing with Parramatta where they're they're out of form and you, you sort of – you don't and really expect them to do much. they've probably got their hardest like, run home that they've had for yeah. years oh, yeah. coming into the finals. The last so. few years they've got to beat up some ge- – like I, remember, I think last year they, they had Tigers in Parramatta. And, and last Broncos when and Broncos were going like busters. Yeah. And well, they could realistically get – bashed up and cop a couple of injuries is coming into the finals and even if they do make it could be the one and done straight belted straight out of the finals. Well you talk but about um people talk about their premiership windows. They're like they're gone next year, Power. How I, like how <laughs> actually more how are they gonna make the eight? They're gonna lose their forwards and they're losing Reed who I think we all said this was their last chance. Yeah. Well you know what? The whole Brad Arthur thing being shopped around to other clubs, it's not a made up thing. No. It's happened. No, no that's right. So they Brad Arthur and his management obviously know something that they're trying to jump out. We don't. Or they jump. He's ready to go, or whatever. Like even in terms of on the weekend, they booed Jacob Arthur when he came onto the field. 
yeah. the Parramatta fans. So they're obviously not happy that Jake's even being picked but you know, in the team. Well, especially when you give him five minutes. Like, what are you mm. doing picking yeah. your kid and giving him five minutes? Look, I can understand if you're going to give him 40 minutes and give him a good crack at doing something, but what's the, he going to do in five minutes? Nothing. If the thought is that, um, <laughs> if the thought is that, hey, he'll be better at the club when he's gone, when Arthur's gone, maybe Jake's better. Because there's raps on Jake. I think apparently his work is tremendous. He's a good footballer. Maybe Brad's well, got the opinion, maybe I go and leave Jake here. I think it was the first game he played for him this year, and he one actually played quite really a good, good game. Uh, Pat, um, the Penrith one. Yeah, he looked really yeah. good. Just before Origin time or something, I'm pretty sure it was. Yes. But, um, and he came out and did play quite a good game. But, yeah, the, the question's definitely been asked. Their management's gone somewhere. They've, apparently it's the Bulldogs and gone, well, would you be interested? And, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're probably just doing their job. That's their job to make sure that oh, he's got a course. job. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. But there's probably actually been no negotiation <laughs> talks that have gone on. But, yeah, they've probably approached one or two clubs. But you and wouldn't gone, ask if you Would you think you about safe? it next year? That's right. No, absolutely That's not. That's right. Like, but, the man- but, like, your manager also, if, if you've got a manager, you'd want them asking as well. You don't necessarily have to if, – if, if, if he's paying him whatever he's paying him, wouldn't you ring Bulldogs and say, hey, what are you going to offer him? If he's going to offer them double the money – He's been there for and then your manager comes and goes. Hey, boys, give you double the money. That's just him doing his job. Yeah, and, he's been and there you for can go back to Parramatta. It's nine and years say, now, hey, isn't it? Yeah, isn't he's it nine years? It would nine been there forever years. and a day. Um, yeah, close to ten years. The the fan base is restless. You hear it every week. So you know, should, why wouldn't he be looking at moving on? It'd be better for his mental health, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and just add, Fanukin guilty at the judiciary. So what's that? Three weeks. Been found guilty. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. There you go. Uh, before I, well, let's put a bow on this show. Uh, Haas three, Reynolds two. Not everyone. This uh, game, Haas three, Reynolds two, Carrigan one. Or are you looking elsewhere for one? Reynolds has Carrigan net. Yeah. Oh, ooh, which way? Oh. Are you going? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy either way. There, there. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, them. If Haas doesn't do the work, Reynolds can't do the work yeah, to get on the points. But Reynolds the got on the I'd points. I'd probably go so. Haas three, but that's mm. yeah, we'll do Haas three. Ollie. Reynolds two. Yeah, let's do Haas three. Reynolds two and who's up? Carrigan as well. Sorry, I'm, I'm just yeah. listening to the police hauling off Dalfinukin um, for serving <laughs> yeah, three weeks. Finally, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, out of here. Uh, the last, the only thing I want to mention about this game is. So the big who at the start of the year was Gutho wanted what do you want nine hundred or something yeah. like that eight fifty. Yeah. You watch this game. He's not in the realm of that. What did I put that. in the chat? Yeah, if well, he's a 900k a year fullback, he's I'll eat a football. Fair yeah. him. Like, <laughs> this is. Not, I, could, I don't actually think. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you time. said. Actually, <laughs> I actually don't think he's a top ten. He's not a top ten fullback in this comp anymore. And but that's when you include. So let's take it big. But if you include Joey Manu, yeah. if you include Val Holmes uh, as fullbacks, they're they're better fullbacks than him. Well, well, are you putting Reese Walsh as a better player than him? Oh, not even yet. Not so yet. maybe. But, so maybe down so, but, but there's another one that I'd be probably you, Your Pappy's, Teddy's, Turbo's, Latrell's. Kennedy's probably on par, maybe just gone in well, front of him. Remember, I think remember the blow up the social media Kennedy's blow up about hand. Kennedy. Kennedy's I think that's probably, probably the, a good, that level. A good and you'd analogy. say Kennedy's probably half middle well, middle pack and he's probably just gone past him. Your blokes like Walsh and Avarillo aren't that far behind him. If AJ was given a And if AJ was given a full crack at fullback he would be. Those blokes will be ahead of him. Ponga's ahead of him. So there's we've named I've named 10 without him. Ramsey's form for the last 4 weeks. I know he's a nobody and he's come out of nowhere but his last month has been fucking great. Tessie News ahead of him. So there's 10 like I've named And he's only played fucking 3 games. You see one Cobo in 3 years but I'm not let's talk about here and now. But yes, it's Jaden like Campbell. Uh, People try, could, yeah. well, no, but no. I mean, but your point is like you now, now you, you've gone from a million bucks a year to 
500. Correct. Isn't the conversation for the bottom of the pack rather than the top now? Yeah. For the and money he's on. And I've always been a rap on him, but it just was glaringly. It's been glaringly obvious in the last. Well, how many holes have you yes. seen him run through? How many blokes you put in, seen him put away for That's... tries recently? I've yeah. seen him yell Dylan at him. Dylan Edwards is in the head of him. No, absolutely. Oh, Dylan Edwards is in the head of him. I've seen people trying to argue. Dylan Edwards is top five. He just named five that I hadn't even thought of. Joey Manu is top two, so you've got to go work backwards. But anyway, um, <laughs> just on, just on, um, just on later, I had another crack at ladder predictor today, and I had I had power finishing ninth with revision. Oh, of you've that. printed it out. I printed it just for some oh. You can all look at it later if you want. Penrith Cowboys Sharks. Busy day today, Dags. It was very busy. I was in charge, so I did. I looked over one point. He was playing his switch. <laughs> uh, switch out. Uh, Penrith Cowboys Sharks Brisbane. Where's Nathan? See what happens when you put him Someone in a management else. Storm role. at six, Roosters at seven, Raiders at eight. That's I why these podcasts so go. go for three and a half hours. He's very easily distracted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shiny. <laughs> All right, Dragons 20, Eagles six. Uh, Barney? <laughs> three, three tries to one, three out of three conversions played, one out of one, and one out of, pen, one, out of one penalty attempts for the Dragons. 80% completion played 74%, which was 36 out of 45 sets that played 26 out of 35 Three line breaks to two, 39 tackle bust to 34, seven offloads to five, five force dropouts from the Dragons, two by Manly. 300 tackles played 346, one ruck infringement to two, one inside the 10 to two, five penalties conceded by the Dragons, nine conceded by Manly, nine errors to 10. McCulloch made 43 tackles, Walker made 48. Laurie with 201 running metres, Garrick with 199. Ben Hunt missed eight tackles, made 13. Ola Kawatu missed six and made 16. Aloe had 88 supercoach points. Hunt with 87. And Walker, Dylan Walker with 80. Oliver, you have first crack at this one? Well, for starters, early um, this week, I actually learned that I was born in the year of the dragon. Now, to be associated with Ben Hunt, at the moment, in any sort of way, which I am stretching so far, Fuck but your making, making that connection. Me. I mean, it's a great honour that's been bestowed upon myself. That's nearly as good and as uh, Easter round. <laughs> that, that comment. <laughs> that's my legacy right there. Um, but uh, no, to be like he's put in a Ben Hunt performance. I think I said um, last week the. The team that won the game, the the halfback, would pretty much get men of the match. I think Ben Hunt was pretty mm-hmm. close. If 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 you're not giving it to to Blake no, Laurie, but I, but I think that that those are probably the two at least. Um, and I'm of course giving it to Hunt. Uh, I just don't sort of know what happened with Manly because over the past couple of weeks before that, they actually looked like they might have been building to something, and but it just all it all sort of fell apart. They just looked like a, a completely different team, which they will be physically this week. But I mean. I, I just don't know what went wrong, especially with the Dragons. You could call it a response to the um, to the big loss against the Roosters as well. But I think a lot of what decided this game was the halfback, was Ben Hunt and the effort that he put in and the, the, the way he was able to control the game. I can't really put it too much past what Hunt was able to do and his team just followed him. I can. I can put it down to Manly's fucking well, you're defense. A better and it was al- analyst. You're a better analyst. <laughs> it was fucking <laughs> piss poor. 
It was unorganised. It was sloppy. And fucking, there was blokes charging out of the line. There was blokes standing there watching the bloke run up next to him. There was other guys that hey, were fucking twiddling their, their thumbs. Best, their best defender the was wings. Morgan Harper. So what's that telling you? He was. Best defender in the was. game was Morgan Harper. So what's that saying about their defensive effort? The, the, the Ben Hunt slip obviously was a big factor with their first try. But their second one was just another, just laziness out of a back rower standing there watching somebody run past them. The defence was pathetic. Um, the first two tries was, you know, the nice little grubber in behind from Ramon for Hunt to score and Hunt slipping over and then running. But they were just running at the edges again. Olakowatu had his worst game I think he's played in fucking the, in his career. I don't know if he's injured, if he wasn't interested, what was going on, but he was um, he was very poor in this one. And he's been covering DCE for the entire year in defence. So yeah. if he starts missing tackles as well, you just fuck, don't you? Like, and they went that way so so often it wasn't funny. Um, Manly never even looked like challenging the Dragons' defence. Like for the entire no. fucking game, I think they scored one in the last couple of minutes and it was just a... You know, someone, fell off, over. someone fell off a... T- oh, sorry, yeah, it was not long after half-time, but it was just a crash over next to the posts. It wasn't any good play that got them there and made them do anything. Um, DCE tried to sort of kick early and get them out of a bit of trouble, but it, it just didn't work at the end of the day. There was there was no kick chase. There was no... Their defence was pathetic. And um, they were, you know, they were, nobody was bending the line and... Like run like through the middle apart from Alloy A and Dylan Walker tried hard in the middle there when he did come on but yeah the the edges of the ruck was soft in defence Harper and DCE were okay um, and Alloy A and Walker were Manly's best and they were probably the only four you'd mention at all I thought Lomax was okay but he'd done his stupid shit with his flick passes mm-hmm. and his errors that he that he brings up constantly someone just needs to tap him on the shoulder and go mate do not fucking flick pass for six weeks and just yeah, throw was, a normal pass. There was champion. twice there that they would have scored if he'd just thrown a normal pass to Moger and he would have just scored yeah. in the corner. Dad, but. Fuck me. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Mike, well, you're not Benji Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laurie is his form in the last four to six weeks has been fantastic. He's fucking little keg on legs. <laughs> he's built like a beer barrel of bloke, but he fucking does some damage <laughs> through the middle. He's not the biggest bloke in the world, but he just backs up time and time again and barrels through the middle. I thought he was fantastic. He was close to the best player on the field. Obviously, if Hunt doesn't score those first two, you probably give it to um, Laurie as being the, the player of the game. Um, most of the pack for the Dragons were decent. Like They all put in a shift. I don't think there was anyone in, out of the forwards for the Dragons that was poor. Um, Sims, Sewer and Bird were pretty good. Um, and Laurie and McCulloch were their best in, in the middle of the field. But yeah, Ben Hunt, it was the difference in this game easily. If Ben Hunt didn't play, you wouldn't have watched it. It was, <laughs> no. it was the most least entertaining game of the round. Yeah. Um, if Manly played a team that was half decent, they'd have lost by 50. Probably. It was pitiful. And St George weren't much better other than Ben Hunt. Like well. a, they had a couple of blokes that played all right, your lorries and, and Bird and all that. They got what they got. But again, and I harp, they, they're too small and... They don't have much gusto in the middle and they got over the top of Manly's forward. So what's that saying about Manly's performance? Look, I've summed it up. Basically, if Ben Hunt didn't play the game, I'd have switched it off. I know. (laughs) I just realised Blake Laurie went 200 metres. I think he could run 200 metres without a football field in front of him. Like, he (laughs) looks like he'd... Struggle to run 200 metres the I think bar. he's run over 200 for the last four or five uh, yeah, weeks, he's man. Gone. He's, just he's hard not to like, actually. Yeah. 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 Ever since yeah. he was on Matty Johnson, yeah. Yeah. Got the he's got a little bloke and he gets bashed around yeah. a bit, but he, he backs up and just he keeps ga- coming. He goes good yeah. and he keeps working yeah, hard yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
he he doesn't have many mates no. like, <laughs> no. in, in, in the side that that are, that are doing it. And as I said, like if, if Manly played a, a team, a top eight team, because I don't believe St George will make the eight, mm. that they get they get axed. Whooped. They no, get axed. They like yeah. seriously, eleventh can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Well, uh, Tigers would have put forty on them. Oh, well, if they played like they did. No, <laughs> if, the, if the refs let him win. Bulldogs might have put 70. <laughs> Josh Adokar. Hey, himself. Titans, well, they would have lost. Uh, well, you know. I've well, I said a half-decent team, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we will get to your gloat in a minute. Well, by that, I mean two hours. But um, honestly, uh, without Ben Hunt, and I know they're not too far off already, but without Ben Hunt, the Dragons are Newcastle. That's yep. sort of yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. like. 100%. A couple of decent forwards. Newcastle put, put in some good effort. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, not anymore. But just without that If you put Ben Hunt in Newcastle's all, team, they'd they'd be the actually, they're actually they're right. close to the eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> particularly if, well, yeah, particularly if Bonga well, there. Uh, well, let's move on. This game bores me. Uh, three points to Hunt, two points to Laurie, and then who pick someone else? I had McCulloch or LOA for the one. But, yeah. I don't okay. care. McCulloch <laughs> made 40 odd tackles. Yeah, LA scored a try. And, and he, he, made, he made a nice forward, comment today about yes, the, revealed, um, yeah. the Pride round. So he, he, drinks, he drinks the beer. So he, yeah. All right, we'll hurry up because uh, Ollie wants to go home and watch Beauty and the Geek because yeah, there's so. nothing he likes more in life at the moment <laughs> than, geeks. than watching girls getting moister than an oyster over geeks. <laughs> so, um, Jesus. Anyway, Could roosters and knights. My brother is. There it is. Hey, hey one of us. Forty-two <laughs> twelve. Speaking of geeks, uh, <laughs> the Roosters put the uh, put the cleaners through the Knights, Barney. Yeah, and they gave up for fucking last ten minutes too. It should have been seventy nil. Yes, but it should have. <laughs> we had two tries to eight. One out of two conversions for Newcastle. Five out of eight for the Roosters, and one out of one penalty attempts for Newcastle. Seventy-three percent completion played. Seventy-eight percent. Twenty-eight out of thirty-eight sets played. Twenty-nine out of thirty-seven. 400-plus run, running metres for the Roosters. Two line breaks to eight. 18 tackle busts for Newcastle. 42 for the Roosters. Six offloads to 13. Three forced dropouts by Newcastle. One by the Roosters. 266 tackles, which is a weird one from Newcastle. They must have just been missing too many of them. <laughs> to 333 made by the Roosters. One ruck infringement to four. <laughs> and they're running 40 metres to score. You're not tackling many of them anyway. It's scoring every second set. Yeah. They just missed five tackles. Seven penalties conceded to eight. Ten errors from both sides. And a sin bin for Newcastle. Braley with 37 tackles. Verrills with 43. Clemmer with 195 running metres. Teddy with 317. Gay guy missed six tackles, made ten. Suwali missed three and made really? three. Really? Gay guy missed tackles? No. <laughs> Get out of here. No. That's wrong. <laughs> I haven't been ripping it into him since round three, but anyway. <laughs> Teddy with 152 supercoach points. Suwali with 116. Tupu with 93. And Edric Lee with 89. Now, um, when I compile my list of uh, ones that can beat Penrith Roosters, have, are still on it? I would yeah. rather... Maybe not so much to Tilly, but uh, they need Takiyaho. They need Takiyaho. They're for sure. <laughs> but they um they are on running. Kiri was good. Kiri, he was, was good. He was he was running the ball. He's basically, I guess, they've gone. Well, hang on, our other five eight runs the ball. It? Why can't you do it? <laughs> so they were really good. Uh, he was really good. Uh, as a result, Walker was able to play as a halfback and look great. Uh, I'll let smarter people talk about the rest of this, but um, you obviously all wrap Teddy because he, he's Teddy and he's amazing. Um, but the other one, the other couple I want to mention, and um, actually I was talking to a good friend of the show, Steve Chester, about this, but um, Sam Verrill's service was pretty good 
uh, and they've needed it because when he's out, their service is average, and I think it's like, it's half the problem, not half, about a quarter of the problem with their halves, but um, some nice clean services suited him, and he made 40 on tackles, so he's all right. Cheese will be much better for him, obviously, but um, if you're out there looking for a hooker, like he's a better player than your littles of the world, I know that. Uh, and the Butcher Boys, any other two I'll get out of the way early because oh, um, they were thrown in this game, yeah. and they were freaking good players. Like, they're just good players. They're solid players. And... Um, in terms of trustworthiness, they're he's almost they're almost better than oh, a Tupanua in the back exactly row that you're not going to. Tupanua can have games where he can yeah you make you twelve but he'll cost you twelve whereas they know you you know what you're getting with them yeah whereas yeah. they they're not going to miss they might miss one yeah, here and there but Satili yeah. can have a shocker or he, he's rocks and diamonds hard, but um they just work really hard and, and they've got a bit of mongrel in them too they don't mind and can play edge and middle footwork athletic the way they're heading like they're looking right the roosters gum. I've got a news flash. Okay. No, it's, okay. it's, it's <laughs> sarcastic. Um, Joseph Suwali is a serious football player. Um, I thought you were going to say James Tedesco <laughs> no, is a pretty no, no, decent like, fullback. Like at, at, <laughs> at, eight, at 18, what he's oh, doing you. on a football field oh, yeah, yeah. is unbelievable. And j- just the toughness. Like he's doing what a lot of experienced wingers don't do and bringing ball off the line and running yeah, hard as an 18-year-old. He's in contact. He's he lines people up. lines he's people up. He yeah. puts shots on. He seems to he enjoy scores. taking that first hit up too. Yeah. And he runs straight at the biggest bloke you, you on the fucking field. You had a better analogy than this, but it's completely different. It's apples to oranges, but he reminds you of Sonny Bill in that he just no fear at the same age yeah. and, and hurts people. But, uh, it, that, He'd probably end up in the back row look, by the time he's, he's finished. He's playing out of position. He, he's either a fullback or a centre mm. in, in terms of that. So, look, he's a, he's a, he's a serious player. We already knew. And, look, I knew at 11 that yeah, he was yeah. a serious <laughs> football player. When you were 11? Totally when he <laughs> was 11. <laughs> um, the year of the ox. He's <laughs> serious. Tedesco was unbelievable, but the Roosters, I think, got it right with Walker at seven, Kiri at six. Um, Manu will come into the team. They'll just have to figure out how to get him more football because you've got to have your best 17 players on the field, which means Manu's going to have to play centre because I reckon he you, can't play, half a lot. you can't play Kiri, not play Kiri or Walker. He's just got to pick his best 13 players on the field He's, and they're all part of it. So You turn around and just do what they do with, in origin with Latrell and Tervis. Right. So they'll, Joey, they'll go and do just some shit. find Well, they something. started doing it this week as well. You'd notice Kiri just started getting wider and wider and that'll be when Manu and Kiri will swap so, places and Manu yeah. will be running at the six and Look, Kiri will be on the, the da- centres. They're dangerous and depending upon where they finish, I still think it's hard to win if you're in the bottom part of the eight yeah, to win those four games. So, if, look, I'll, I'll be really bullish about their chances if they can happen to get the top four and jag yeah, five man. out of the last six and sort of yeah, get there that's a fucking and, and fall in, which will be tough. But, mm. look, one team will go on a run. Every year, mm-hmm. a team goes on a run. Take Penrith out of that because they're constantly on a run. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's always, run. There's always a run. Right. So you can't. But they must be getting tired. This is starting to feel like 09 Parramatta. There'll Fuck be a Forest team Trump. that yeah. will make a run. run yeah. And whether run, that be, I think that there's a, it'll be Souths or the Roosters yeah. will yeah. make the run. Maybe both, but one of those way. teams yeah. look at the moment like they'll make, make a run for it. But look, the Roosters were, were great. The Knights were when Caelan Ponga went off. You thought, well, well they, they're, they're, they're big trouble. They wouldn't have won anyway. 
and the score probably not much different. But Newcastle just can't score points without Caelan Ponger in the team. No. So that we can move on. I don't think there's too much more. There's fucking two or three blokes in the Knights team that aimed up, but they were just beaten mercifully <laughs> for the entire game. Every position of the field. Like I don't think there was any player on the night side that played better than a, one of the Roosters on the other on the opposition side. Um, <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> the middle of the field. I, the thing yeah, was, stats. the thing that I really enjoyed was the Roosters started to come through the middle, and once they realised that the the game was on through the middle of the field, they just increased the pace and increased the pace and kept. Notching it up, notching it up. You're a good tempo and team, aren't they? Yeah. Newcastle just had no fucking idea how to deal with it. You had the Butcher Boys back one after another, then Barrera Hargraves, whoever else running through the middle. And then on, once the middle was shot to the pieces, they just went to the edges. And you got yeah, blokes like Sawali just jumping over the top of people. To yeah. Fucking beat up these geeks. Yeah. <laughs> he really, like the blokes played fuck all footy for two years, really, yeah. Radley. He's been in and out constantly. He. he Generally hasn't had a run more of four, more than four or five yeah, games been no without continuity, a suspension has or yeah. an injury. But so coming semi-finals time, if he's fully fit and has got eight to ten weeks under his belt, he could, you know, bust open a couple of packs sort of on his own. But um, yeah, the ball really nice, quick ball movement, especially when they got it out wide and they just tore Newcastle to shreds. Frizzell was okay. And Clemmer and Barnett were they probably the only two that you really want to mention. They they did okay. Tries hard. Yeah, Edric tried hard. So did Um Tuala actually. He's mm. he's actually been quite good considering how poor he was at the back end of last year. It, you know he, he has a go, but they got they Edric's got going the Dolphins, isn't he? Yeah, yep. yeah. Like it's good. He's he'll be a ver- perfectly fine, mm-hmm. good first Half choice. Back. He's winner. been fantastic since he's yeah. come back. That's what I mean. He's like been he's been really great. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was solid as. Um, yeah. Lodge and Verrills were really good, um, and Crichton, they, you know, but the Butcher brothers were the best in the middle of the field. They were really strong. They were bashing everything that moved, and um, you know, good, good, uh, good running with the ball. Watson and Walker were causing problems everywhere. Like Watson came off the bench and looked like a superstar, and he's, you know, he hasn't looked like that for his entire career. But like, he looked like a superstar <laughs> in this game. When, when the when the ruck was opened up, he was causing all sorts of problems along with Walker. Walker's skill and the things that he does—it's just you, you can't coach it. You don't, you've got no idea it's coming, and it, it just happens. Like the, the chip over the top, the little grubber, the way he puts blokes into holes—it's it's fantastic. The way he does some of the stuff that he does, and um, yeah, they're just causing problems everywhere. And Swale and Teddy were the best two players on the field easily. Well, I'll bring up two things. One is that I think David Clemmer was probably Newcastle's best and the, the one who's sort of consistently been having a go this year. And I guess that's part of where I got my comparison with the Dragons because that, that's sort of Blake Laurie consistently putting in the effort, but you rarely get the help. And by fr- But Well, but. sorry, I should say it, but from that's, a... That's why I said I think Newcastle kind of would thing. beat the Dragons yeah. because you've had Frizzell and Barnett yeah. who do have a crack yeah. most yeah. weeks as yeah. well. But. Um, but yeah, and the other thing, we've sort of talked a lot about Teddy, but I'd say we're now finally back to a point where I'd say he probably is the form fullback in the competition. I mean... Depends I, I, I class the trail. Well, yeah. Finishing-wise, like yeah. finishing uh, yes. I don't know if as he... As a total overall, overall, I don't know if he like creates overall, as much as the trail, but... but um, well, especially with Pappenhausen out now as well, like, I think... I think it's probably him. Hmm. Well, I think Teddy's it's, better. It's lucky the Roosters have Suwali because when Teddy comes back to the Tigers to play under Benji, then... <laughs> At least they've got a fullback. Teddy's better when he's not trying to do too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right so, in the corners and, and trying to... And in to, terms yeah, of yeah. if they've got Kiri and they've got Walker and they've got Manu and all that doing their thing, then 
Teddy just has to do Teddy. Teddy, Teddy needs to play direct. Yeah, it needs to run yeah. at the line or like yeah. into a hole or draw and pass when he's running straight Correct. at someone. So Teddy's when just he starts do floating Teddy. across the field and trying to play like a half, it just doesn't it, work. Well, he's not that. Yeah. Yep. Like Manu gets away with it because he's a bit bigger and he's probably got a bit better footwork than Tedesco um, in a one-on-one situation. And, yeah, can probably ball play a bit better than Tedesco. But Tedesco, because you see it, you saw it in the origin. When he ran direct and ran straight, he looked a million times better than when he's crabbing across field and getting stuck in corners. It's Yeah. yeah. Um, let's give Teddy three, Suwali two, Walker one. I had, I had yeah, Walker I had. and Suwali the other way around. I had, but, um, yeah, yeah, I had I the same thing. I could have could have taken hey. either one either way. Yeah, move on. But, cool. Yep. Raiders tw- Saturday <laughs> kicked off with the Raiders 26, Warriors 14, 14-0, I think they led. fuck was this game? Seriously. Odd game. They never didn't decide not to play the second half, which was nice of them. Uh, Barney? Four tries for Canberra, two for the Warriors. Three out of four conversions played two out of two. Both teams had penalty attempts, two out of two for Canberra, one out of one for the Warriors. 85% completion for Canberra, which is probably the reason they snuck home at the end of this one. 77% for the Warriors, 34 out of 40 sets, played 27 out of 35. Seven line breaks to three, 35 tackle busts, played 23. 15 offloads for Canberra, four for the Warriors. Three force dropouts to one, one forty twenty for Canberra. Or was it two forty twenties? Sorry, two forty twenties for yeah. Canberra. 289 tackles for Canberra, 356 for the Warriors. Two ruck infringements to one, two inside the tens against the Warriors. Five penalties conceded to six. He's only listed as one, but it's wrong. Eight errors to ten. 100% wrong because he was going to be yeah, what I talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot, um, Elliot made 35 tackles. Egan with 45. Tapani with 189 running metres. Dallin with 159. Young missed five tackles, made 21. Pompey missed four and made 10. Fogarty with 111 supercoach points. Papali'i with 93. Tapani with 73. And then four other players before you got down to Torhu Harris on 60 for the Warriors. I'll give you first crack here, Oliver, if you want. Yeah, well, it seemed like someone went into the sheds before the game and put a voodoo curse on the Raiders because I swear for the first 30 minutes, even though the, the Warriors were up 14-0, they looked the more likely consistently. But every time it was usually Joe Tarpany uh, making a break, getting good metres, it either dropped the ball or pass it and it'd go back or like, so, and just the momentum would be completely snuffed out because I think for that period, well, the Warriors were on top on the scoreboard and I don't think they were horrible by any means or anything, but they weren't. They weren't great. They weren't dominating the Raiders. Like you could, overall, the rate. As I said, the Raiders probably still looked the more likely. It's just that, that it wasn't coming off in the end. They were just making sort of silly plays that didn't come off, and they weren't able to get over the line. But you, you sort of saw at some point that it was it was gonna it was gonna come. They were gonna break the seal, if you will, and they'd get some points. They end up doing that, and really, yeah, yeah. I know the, that's about piss joke. Anyway. Um, can we just and pause this for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, and, and then in the, se- the second half, they, they sort of w- w- went on with it and um, didn't really look back. I thought Joe Tarpany was probably in the end the best player. I wasn't sort of um, having a go at him for making a couple of mistakes or, or throwing the balls back because he, he just didn't have blokes with him kind of thing. But once they got going, and of course, the two Jack White and... Uh, 40-20s were huge momentum shifters. And I'm not saying the Warriors had heaps of momentum heading into them, but they just really put the Raiders on the front foot and they were able to go on with it. I think it was a, a case of the Warriors just fucking not being fit enough again. Uh, first 20 minutes, they were well and truly on top. They were, they, both teams played the same sort of style of footy um, and that scored points. They played short, flat and at the advantage line on the edges of the ruck. And that's where both of the Warriors' tries came through with Aitken and I think it was... Uh, 
uh, Chanel Harris Tavita mm-hmm. scored on the edges of both sides of the ruck, just running or you know running a short flat ball on at the centres and the and the um, the outside backs. Uh, sorry, the halves and the centres, and you know there was holes there for Canberra at the start. I thought the Warriors were quite dominant for the first twenty minutes, and they um, really controlled the speed of the play and all the rest I of it. I don't know if you have noticed this, Barnes Raider, but in Tohu Harris, pretty good footballer. Um, just in case you hadn't, I think he's um, missed about a year and a half out of the last My three years. God, he's fucking good at rugby league. He can, he can he make a tackle, better. that's for sure. Mm. He can, um, he's definitely iron a bloke just out. Touch, and there's he, just touches, and yeah. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, a bit, bit lost in this team with not mm. a lot of blokes going with him. I, I was a bit underwhelmed in Karen's performance, to be honest, mm. considering how good he's been for the majority of the year, but um. After that 20-minute period, Canberra sort of muscled up and seemed to snap into the, the way of playing the game. And I thought Papali'i was probably the best player in the field, to be honest. Um, he only played about 45 to 50 minutes, but he was in everything. His ball running was back to his brutal best through the middle and he was just busting holes through the middle of the Warriors' defence. Um, as I said, the Warriors' forwards got tired after 20, 25 minutes. They were shot and they didn't... They, even in the second half, after a break, they didn't look like getting back into the, the contest in the middle of the field. You mentioned the two forty twenties; they were massive. Um, Fogarty's kicking game in and around um, the short kicking game in and around the goalpost was fantastic. It was Fogarty's best game for Canberra. Absolutely, yeah. easy, yeah. easy, absolutely. Um, yeah, he was fantastic with with the bombs and the short kicking in and around the posts. And Canberra came out and played. I think Ricky basically said, "See what those fucking blokes did in the first twenty minutes. Go out and do the same thing because they had Huera and Ira, Hudson Young, and um, Tuppany playing off the short flat." passes in and around the halves and the centres and they busted them open time and time again. Weir and I, I think he was denied a hat trick. He probably should have yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he, was, he was awesome. He was, uh, he was really good. Um, yeah, Cam- Canberra just kicked the front door down and just kept coming after, the, after probably the last half an hour of this game. The Warriors were completely gone. Egan, Fanua, Blake were decent. Uh, so was Johnson. Tavanga tried hard but made a couple of really bad errors in this game, which is um, unusual for him. He's normally a pretty good toiler. But, um, and um, Torhu Harris was the Warriors' best by a mile, absolute mile. Elliot and um, Huera and Ira made a really big difference. They had a really big impact, ball in hand, especially ball in hand. Elliot's running game this year has been fantastic since he's come to Canberra and um, obviously something that Newcastle will be looking for when he gets up there. Tuppany, Papali and Fogarty were the, the best three players. Apart from the 40-20s, those three were the, were the difference in this game easily. I was going to bring up the White and 40-20s and give a bit of a slap to commentators because there was no two two 40-20s in a game to change momentum like that was amazing. And the Absolutely. commentators were just, uh, yeah, another 40-20 from Whiten. Yeah. If, if certain other player did one 40-20, they'd be going off yeah. their chops about it. Two 40-20s and that were big in, in the context yeah. of the game, like when they were down, were huge. Um, the Raiders, look, their spine's developing well and they've got a they're, – they're a top eight spine when you look at it. Savage is starting to come into his own. Fogarty had his best game. They're rotating Wolford and Starling, which seems to be working okay for them. And they've got White in there at six. And thank goodness Australia got Payne Haas because New Zealand with Tarpany and Fisher-Harris have got the two best props in the game. Yeah. So lucky Australia – Then you throw Torhu back in at lock. Correct. (laughs) But at the moment, like Payne (coughs) Haas, Tarpany and – Fisher Harris, there's not much between them as the best problem. You probably put Fisher Harris third on statistics because of the run meters that the other two have got. But 
Fisher-Harris doesn't need to for Penrith. But on stats, he's number three and yeah. the other two were ahead. But thank goodness Australia got playing ass to stop <laughs> or to match what New Zealand are going to do in the World Cup. Again, well, you missed it last week again. But oh, Tino's Australia too. Australia, yeah. yeah, yeah. Australia. But you missed it last week. Well, I said but... the only reason Penrith won last week against the Tigers was because of Fisher-Harris. Right. Oh, absolutely. Whenever they've been yeah. origin depleted, he's been their best player. Yeah. By a mile. Yeah. Even when they're not, he's fucking top three or four every yeah, week. You know, the Raiders, Raiders are going okay, but, like, it's the Warriors. Again, let, let look, you're down 14-0 against the Warriors, and you all know my view on the Warriors and, and tipping them and, and whether they can win any games. So I can think let's, of one, though. let's see how they play the Raiders when they've got to play a couple of stronger teams back-to-back mm. and whether they're, they're top eight. Standard. Still carrying a second round or two. Being well, oh, that was my other point. How does Harawira and Naira not make the team in front of Whitehead? Because he's captain. Is he still captain? Yeah, like he's co- captain like, isn't he co-captain? Like, it's comparison, not a comparison. In Whitehead between. should have been dropped after about round six, Correct. to be honest. Mm. In what they're offering. Mm. But, you know... Ricky Stewart's coached a lot more first grade games than us combined. He's so. the only pom he's been able to keep. So, well, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? <laughs> they go to Canberra and fuck it, shitty. I'm getting out of here. Wow, it's too fucking cold. He probably won't even start for England. Like, <laughs> no, he probably won't. No, I think so. Does Jackson Hastings play for England? Yeah, officially. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, three points to. Jib, 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 jib. I gave it to Papa Lee, but Pap- we'll go Papi Fogarty and Tapane, and then Tapane or Tohu yeah. Harris. Yeah. I, well, I, I wouldn't make a point about Tohu, but I don't know what that actually means. What do you reckon? It's good in the losing side, but Tapane probably has a bit more yeah, impact. I think that that you have the winners. Yeah, yeah there's no. three better players for the winners than the if Harris made a few opinion. more sort of holes in the defence when he ran the ball, you'd probably look at it. But yeah, Tarpane just bends the line every time he hits it. Yep. Okay, Puppy Fogarty, Tarpane, Penrith twenty, Sharks ten, uh, five thirty on a Saturday. Uh, Barn some stats. Hmm. Three tries to two, three out of three conversions, one out of two for Cronulla, one out of one penalty attempts for Penrith. 75% completion played 69 for Cronulla. 37 out of 49 sets played 29 out of 42. 450 plus running metres and 160 plus post contact metres for Penrith. Four line breaks to one. 41 tackle bust to 36. Five offloads to seven. Three force dropouts to two. Zero 40 20s. 306 tackles played 399. One ruck infringement for Penrith. Three against the Sharks. Five penalties conceded from both teams. 12 errors for Penrith. 15 for Cronulla. Appy made 39 tackles. Braley made 60. Edwards with 247 running metres. Talakai with 153. Cleary missed four tackles, made 18. Moylan missed nine tackles and made 17. Braley with 75 supercoach points. Coruscant with 74. Luai and Moylan are both even on 72. Thought it was a pretty strong game of footy from both teams. Um, Obviously, the Sharks came out flying. Nice ball movement, up-tempo through the middle of the ruck, and they seemed to have Penrith rattled there for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, especially in the middle of the field. Um, Penrith were definitely on the back foot in the forwards early. But um, to their credit, they scrambled, hung in there. They probably saved a try or two as well in that first 20 to 30 minutes, which obviously helps them out at the back end of the game. Um, Penrith... Penrith found their feet after about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, which obviously coincided with the Sharks dropping ball after ball there for a good 10 or 15-minute period. I don't know what was going on, but pretty much every second tackle that they were taking, it was simple hit-ups, and they were just dropping the ball and giving it back to Penrith. 
Can't do that against Penrith. Penrith probably should have beaten them by more, considering the amount of ball they gave back to Penrith there. But um, their, their goal line defence hung in strong, which has probably been one of the big upticks for, uh, for Cronulla this year. Last year, pretty much any time someone was on their goal line, they scored within a set or two, and you know that hasn't happened this year. So um, something that they can sort of back themselves on there. Penrith uh, started to increase the physicality and the speed of the game in and around the, the middle and their line speed because it was pretty slow early which I think the Sharks were managing to sort of get on the edges of. And um, it's definitely something that they lifted up after about 25 minutes when they started to get a bit more ball and get on top. And um, then, yeah, the Sharks made error after error. Played poorly for a good half an hour, 15 minutes either side of half time, which let Penrith get back on top. Um, I mentioned the goal line defence. I think it was probably the only reason that Penrith, uh, that the game was kept as close as it was towards the back end of the game. Um, Penrith kept the outside backs for the Sharks really quiet, which is something that hasn't happened this year against any other team. Um, they they shut down all the metres that they get out of dummy half and it ended up being sort of Talakai and um, Talakai and Rudolph trying to bully through the middle there because the, the outside backs weren't making the metres and then the second and third hit up, they'd make a mistake and give it back to Penrith. But... Um, Vinnikin was decent. McInnes was really good. Um, Nakora was okay. Rudolph and Braley were probably the best of the forwards. And Hines was the Sharks' best player. Edwards had a few errors in this game. I thought it was going to be one of those games where he just gets the yips and fucking drops every ball there at one stage. But he came back really strong. His running metres were fantastic. He linked up well in the back line. And um, he played quite well towards the back end of the game. Appy, Kikau and Sorensen were great through the middle of the field. They were probably the the, the best Um Fish Harris did have a quiet night uh, in this one, which was unusual for him. But um, Cleary and Tago were their best players. Mm-hmm. Tago took took a couple of nice opportunities and broke the Sharks open on that side of the defence. And Cleary's kicking game. I think the big momentum shift in this game was that dropout. Sharks were coming to get him. I yep. think they'd had yep. two sets in a row. They would set up on the on Penrith's line. Penrith were starting to look a bit gassed. And then he kicks a dropout fucking 10 metres out just straight across the sideline. And they get the ball back and they march down the other end of the field. And I don't, he gets a big buck. And I don't think the Sharks got back into Penrith's half for the next no. 15 or 20 minutes. So, you know, that's massive momentum shift. Um, yeah, clearly, clearly the man of the match, I thought, in this game. I would argue Appy was... Uh, I, I think I thought Appy was, was man of the match. I thought the way he orchestrated Penrith's attack was right. absolutely fantastic. Oh, fuck, I'm happy to have him at the Tigers next year because I think he's actually the best hooker in the game <laughs> the right angles, now. Yeah, the the angles the that, he, he, that he... pulled He pulled yeah. some of their edges that, that well. Now, actually, no, heck, go on, Gumpy. Talk Dragging us the middle of the defence around. Drag, yeah. Look, yeah. He, he's engaging that A defender, which Absolutely. gives yeah. Yo and Cleary and that the opportunity to, to get to spots on the field that Penrith want to attack from. Mm-hmm. And Coruscant gets them to those points. Cron- look, Cronulla were good until... The, Obviously, the times that Barney said, and they sort of made some errors. You've got to look at it at the moment. Penrith are by far the best defensive team in the comp. They concede 11 points a game. So unless you – if you've got four opportunities to score against Penrith, you've got to take them. And if you don't, you're going to get beaten. If you only score two tries and you get to 12 – Penrith are probably going to beat you. And there was probably two opportunities in terms of that. So you've you've just got to be – Good for really good for eighty minutes and take every opportunity that you get and get that four tries that well is well above average because yeah. they, they average two twice tries against them a game the average, so yeah. it's twice the average. And but that's probably that, what I've you need is, to beat them is get in early and make them chase because they do panic. Correct. The bit of it in, in so, terms of that. So yeah. look, Cronulla showed their 
medal as a as a contender for top oh, four, definitely. Yeah. They gutsy. They, look, their defence is is really good as well. In terms of that, they, I think, Connor Tracy's a good player, but they lose a bit with Katawa coming out of yardage. Like they they're second to Penrith in terms of coming out of yardage with Mulatalo and Katara and Connor Tracy's not that player, which he, he's a good he's, first he's grader. Been, he's been fantastic for last month, but he's not But he's not, good, but he's not a, he's not right. a winger in terms of that. You, he's you, a you can't bake 160 off him. Correct, in yeah. terms of that. So they, they, miss, they lose a little bit there, but I don't know that they sort of had the momentum either to sort of play off that either in, in mm. terms of, of that anyway. So had it have sort of been there. Coruscant, I thought, again, was the best player on the field. Tago was really, really good with, with the opportunities that he had. Despite the errors, Dylan Edwards, again, did Dylan Edwards. Um, yeah, but the Sharks, the, the, the forwards went, went well. Um, Braley was really good defensively, as always. He, like, in the middle of that field for a... For a little bloke, he puts his, his head where people shouldn't put it. Yeah, he gets bumped off of a that, bit, but he fucking but, puts in every time but, they come at him. Yeah, yeah. He shouldn't – well, actually, in the middle of the field, they don't do Braley a service. They leave him one-on-one quite a bit, the, mm. the Sharks forwards, and he really shouldn't be. Because ca- they're still carrying slugs. They're still carrying Tolman and Fafita that shouldn't be in the team. Yeah. Um, well, he's not getting enough minutes. Rudolph's playing big minutes, and he's really the only big forward that they've got out there for the most of the game. And then you're cycling through 15 minutes of Fafida, who goes missing a little bit, he, Tolman, he, who's not really big enough. His and first two plays, Fafida errors. Goes, All right, you know? So he so, came on, and he had an error. And he well, he's not the ball, fit yet, And then he, and he missed a tackle that led to yeah. Penrith getting into yardage. So, look, great player, Andrew Fafida, in his day, but he probably... He's getting too much game time. Fafita and Tolman need to maybe go. Maybe out of necessity. They might not have. Graham needs to go to the bench at worst. He anyone probably else. could go as well. But look, but. They're, they're, a, they're a side that is legitimate top forward based on defence. I'm looking forward to the, the match this week, actually. But Sharks and South. Yeah. Sharks and South Finucan, game. You see where they both are. Not anymore. But in an ideal world, Fanukin in the middle and McGuinness starts at lock. Ueli back playing 50 to 60 minutes. Um, Oregon Kafusi next year should be someone that he's can tremendous. at least he's, run a ball. He, he will be the middle, fant- which is something where Whether he's on the bench or not, we he's, do like he'll be that, fantastic that bit of yeah, 40, 40, the 45 minute yeah. He's been fantastic the last three or four games for He's been fantastic the last three or four years. Yeah. He's no, but the last three or four yeah. games for Parramatta, he's been playing fantastic. Yeah. He, um, he'll be big for you. Oli? Well, I think watching the game overall, and this one probably um, sort of led me even further down... Um, Gum's point of view is, I think, Penrith, and I've said it before, they're just that level above and they probably will go on to win the comp. And the reason is both sides, as we, we, we've we all pretty much said, had periods where they were off. Where they were off. Cronulla, yes, if they sort of kicked on and hadn't had those periods where they dropped off, they would have won the game. Why? Because they would have put in that 80-minute performance. If they'd hung in they into half-time, I reckon it would have been like a field goal shootout at the end of the game. Actually, but, let's not underrate it because... Like, they didn't not hang... They play like fucking dog shit for a good 25 yeah. minutes in the middle. Yeah. And as a defence, it kept them in the game. But Penrith's first 20 was dog shit. And, yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing is too, right? Penrith can afford to do that and still win. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, that's what they did. Penrith also did have a bit... It wasn't just Cronulla. Penrith did have the periods there where they were off, but they still won. So to beat Penrith, you've act as gums. You've really got to be on, and they've really 
got you've to, got to got dominate to them for well, an well, hour like, at least. Like you need to be dominant against. Yeah. And the thing with Penrith too, I, I just can't see. Any, it's any a typical bully. You've got to that. you've got to get like, up and punch him yeah. in the face to beat him. Yeah. But I know it. I mentioned before with Parramatta, the difference between their best and their worst is huge. Whereas Penrith, it's yeah. not no, much no, of a no, difference. No. Like, well, th- there's a difference, but their their worst is still this good is enough. nowhere near their worst, but no, but the worst their was worst, last week and they won. But so. their worst is still good <laughs> enough to beat 13 teams in the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. As was proven yeah. last week, yes, <laughs> but yes, that's right. Yeah, they're, they're, like I said, there's been three teams that can beat them, and they need everything to go right on the right day in the right conditions mm. to do so. That said, the window's not closing, but it, it, there's mail around. There might be someone leaving quite. Soon there's um and they're losing a couple of forwards like it's Appy's massive loss for this team. Yeah, their so. forwards start like they're even they're not the hit. same team. Their with bench, Kenny on their the field. bench is starting to look oh huge. Um, this mm. bench loss. is starting to look quite weak. I know Leota was out and a few others, but you know, but every team cycle, you know, cycles and cycles. They'll win this comp and then they'll run third next year. But um, I'm I'm still going to put no, my they'll flag. They'll probably win next year as well. I'm going to post my flag on Appy three points. Uh, yeah, right. Well, I'm happy with Appy, Cleary, Targo, or um, Braley. 60-odd tackles. Wow, we'll go, um, what do you reckon? I'd say Targo. Targo. Yeah, more of Pro- an impact. Oh, it's got to be yeah. Targo. Can okay. I just, before, I'm, I don't think he should get 3-2-1, but someone who I think has been pretty consistent, but I think in this game was the standout forward for Penrith was actually a former Sharks player, Scott Sorensen. He's fantastic. I thought he was amazing. No, I agree, yeah. Spencer Linu was fucking oh, really oh, good as well. Spencer, Ball in yeah. hand. Doesn't yes. play he enough. He fucking yeah. busts some yeah. holes through the yep. middle of the Sharks at different points in this game. He, he was just, super he, strong. Ball he's the hardest runner. Yeah. Spencer oh, you and me. Runs he off runs the back so fucking up. fence, man. Does, um, I wouldn't want to stand in front of him. <laughs> Where's Liam Martin at? <laughs> in life. <laughs> like he's, he's missing I, a lot more tackles okay. than he used to. I'm sure he's um, fine. Yeah. But like, he was I don't super think aggressive in this game in the first 20 minutes, which actually was a bit of a downside mm. to Penrith because he gave away a couple of penalties and did a couple of silly things in attack as well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't he's, he's definitely come back to the pack. Um, as we both mentioned, we probably wouldn't have picked him for Origins 2 and 3. No. So. But he might be better off going back to a bench and being a wrecking ball again you know he's the, lost that. You know the, Liam, the problem with Liam Martin is that 80% of Penrith's attack goes the other way. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Too. So, so he's, there's not the impact of Liam Martin that I guess that you probably want to see yeah. when 80% of their or 75% of their attack goes to kick out Tago and Taylor and May. You even see like Toz less tries. Yeah. Crichton's impact in the game is, is lessened because they just don't go to that side. That often. Well, even Cleary doubles cool. down on that left side as well. He, Correct. he sweeps around and doubles so up. Well, it starts from Yo. Yo goes. Yeah. And then Cleary. Yeah, but even Cleary then, goes with them. Yeah. You know, whereas they don't all go to the right. It's, no. it's you, you get Yo and Cleary sort of does, but Cleary passes a hell of a lot earlier than Luai does. Like Luai goes a lot further into the line on that left side than the Cleary are, does. The right's yeah. the set up for the left. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> In terms yeah. of that, they, the right run when they're setting up for the left. Yeah, pretty much. So we'll get to the, we'll get to the, we'll, let's get to the left now. South 24, Storm 12 on Saturday night as we just, I'll just look over my, your shoulder there, Barn, and see yeah. Olam destroy Cody Walker again. <laughs> um, yeah, Barn, some stats and shit. Yeah, five tries to two, two out of five conversions played two out of two, 78% completion played 72 Percent, 36 out of 46 sets for South, 35 out of 48 for Melbourne. Five line breaks to six, 37 tackle bust to 32, eight offloads to nine. One force dropout from South, two from Melbourne. Two 
40-20s for Melbourne. Is that correct? What the hell? Anyway, 306 tackles for Souths, 383 for Melbourne. Three ruck infringements from both teams, two inside the 10 against Melbourne. There was one for Munster, one for Hughes. Nine Munster penalties conceded from Souths, four conceded from Melbourne, 12 errors to 15, a sin bin... Murray made 47 tackles. Grant made 59. Keon Kulamatungi with 181 running metres and Seve with 206. Ilias missed five tackles, made 13. Seve missed five tackles, made 19. Kulamatungi with 118 supercoach points. Mitchell with 99. Two other South players before you get down to Seve on 71. Gump, you've been off for a little bit. Bring us up to speed on your thoughts on Melbourne and then talk about this game. Oh. They're outside back suck. They've literally gone and begged them with the dragons. They've literally gone and begged every club for some outside back. Apart so from Olam, the they rest got, of them. They, they were asking for uh, Mamalo and Dewey the other week. They've uh, got some and, serious, yes, some really. serious issues. And look, the blokes there. I know Seve scored a good try. Yeah, he ran but, eighty metres and scored you know, a try or whatever it but was. But does that make up for defensive deficiencies? Probably not. Um, they need. Xavier Coates back, and I know he's a winger, but you, you shouldn't be really saying that teams are pinning their hopes in a winger, but he comes back and adds some stability defensively and can score a try and get him out of yardage a bit, but I don't think it's going to help him in the end. I, I think that they're lucky that they've probably got the Warriors and the Titans no. to play because the other four games they've got, they're playing <laughs> teams that are all high. And I know they've got a... a, a They've got to play the Penrith in a game, and I think that they've they've got other top teams in, in the games as well. So there's two they they might or they should win out of those, but the other four, the way they're going, I can't see them winning. That was they were never in it. Um, South scored after a minute, and you know, and I want to give the big slap this week to actually to Cody Walker. I thought he was terrible. Absolutely terrible. I know a super coach is not an indicator, but at halftime he was on minus two, which means he probably hadn't tackled anybody, hadn't run with the ball and made a couple of errors. Yeah. So, look, he was virtually non-existent in the game and, and South still won reasonably comfortably. Kalal Matangi was, was excellent. Latrell was excellent. And I thought Lachlan Ilias's kicking game was outstanding for, was. for Souths. His he, best game in, in the Souths jersey. Yeah, his best, best game, game of his career. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look, I thought even in the centre, Jed Cartwright not being a centre, yep. and I think he, he really did a job he did. out there. He's good, in, he's good in defence. As well out there, and, and Mel- hey, Melbourne could do with a Jed Cartwright, to be honest. He's, somebody yeah, of, of his ability to, to throw into to the centres and considering and he's yeah. played fuck all games for South, and, recent and, games he's played, he looks like quite a player. And do a job like Cameron Munster, I thought, had come out and make a bit of a statement. He played okay, but he was. You try a nice he kick, was, and he, yeah, he, but he, he was. He's always dangerous. You but know, he can, quiet. He, he does good. He just looks a bit like a chook sometimes Look, running around. Harry Grant's off. I think club forms off. He was he was decent in origin, but Ben Hunt was probably a better hooker than mm. Harry Grant yeah, in yeah, the yeah. origin as well. Look, Game I, two and three, I don't definitely. think but again I don't know that he's Grant got was still their best buyer. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> That's I, the worst part about and, it. And I don't know that he's getting a lot from his forwards either to no. sort of fuck no. to, to work off in, in terms of that. Like, you know, <laughs> Running on old legs, some of them. Their forwards have been beaten in pretty much you know, every game they're, they're they're played this year. They're not getting, yeah. That's why you said it. That the two teams they're playing this week are probably the only two that I would not tip. That I would tip them to against beat against Melbourne. If, if, uh, would, at the moment, on exposed I would, form, I would, I would 
be wrong, but I'd stand on my head and almost tip the Tigers if they played them next week. Mm. Going to going into horse racing. I wouldn't tip the Tigers. No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't tip the Titans. They'd, they'd, lose, I'll, they'd lose on full I'll, time. I'll, and I'll think very carefully about the Bulldogs, to be honest with you. Yeah, anyway. they're, they're just not going well enough. No. Um, again, I, I'm looking forward this week to South and the Sharks to see sort of where South, 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 South are. Yeah. They've beaten up some teams that are low on the ladder and some teams that have just haven't played well against them. Like, they, they beat up Parramatta, who were poor. They've beaten up Melbourne, who were poor, and then won a couple other games against lower teams. Well, they're the hot ones. They're, they're the, this is the 9 Hain train. Yeah. Back. But, you know. And they're, but they're in their eight. So, yeah. so, in terms of that. But, yeah, Melbourne are, are in trouble. And the coaches even said he wasn't confident that they, could turn, they turn it around. It around. Yeah. But whether that's mind games and what he's saying to the well, media and whatnot. But yeah. if it, you don't. If you don't really think it, then don't say it. Like uh, it Bellamy wouldn't. It, it, Bellamy wouldn't. It, it, yeah. it was actually sort of refreshing as well because usually the bog standard, oh, I'm confident we can turn it around. But he, to be honest, he, he, it was actually sort of just honest. He, he said afterwards, he said, why after what I've seen for the past few weeks, would I be confident that we can turn around? Like it's just... The last four to six like, weeks has been alarming. Mate. The yeah. outside backs, the defence in their outside backs has been as bad as anyone in the comp. And teams are just going there. They know that's where they need to go. They they set up with one or two hits through the middle because their their forwards are losing pretty much every battle that they're in as well. And then they just hit the edges again, you know, up against like get Olam trying to scramble to cover his outside or his inside, or they hit the other centre who just can't tackle whatsoever and is probably you know a rank first uh, rank reserve grader at best. And well, that's right. They're just scoring points at will. Souths didn't look like getting beaten, and they weren't that great. Like no, so, no. so I thought they were okay and they played okay and did enough to win. Did they, you know, you, you don't take it easy against Melbourne whenever you play them, but South never looked like getting beaten and finished 24-12, so it's not that convincing of a scoreline in the end for considering what I, I sat there and thought, well, from the first minute, Melbourne can't win. Yeah. And didn't look like it. But like we've said it all year. Like, even when they've been winning games, their forwards have generally lost the battle in the middle of the field. And, um, like, their spine's providing occasional sparks with Hughes doing something individually, Munster doing something individually, Harry scoring a try out of dummy half. But there's, there's even then, they're not scoring. Like, generally, even if they played poorly, they'd score 20 to 30 points and they'd mm. probably grab you at the end of the game. But they're, they're not even able to put that up at the moment. Um, he didn't cause any real problems anywhere on the field. Kamikamika and Kenny Bromwich were probably the best of Melbourne's forwards, but even they weren't great. Meany and Hughes and Munster were decent. I thought Harry was their best player. I thought Havili was pretty good off the bench again for South. Um, he's he sort of made a bit of a renaissance coming into this uh, South team. He's you now he was okay at Canberra, but he, he's definitely taken up a position of prominence in this team. Arrow and Johnson. <laughs> we're good and the outside backs they just do their job every week you know they finish Johnson finishes well and Arrow works his backside off um, Cook and Latrell were really good they they caused yeah. problems in and around the ruck and uh, Latrell started playing six because Cody went missing <laughs> and then started playing fullback as well on the back of you, you watch that game and you just go well you may as well fucking put him at six because like he, he talk, <laughs> I think he wants to but it, it puts Cody He's out of a job take Cody's spot, it puts yeah. Cody out of a job and Murray and Keon Kulamatangi were brilliant. Like they, they just dominated this game with defence and attack. So, yeah, we're going to get. I think they got Penrith this week or next week. They got Penrith soon uh, in a couple of weeks. South and Sharks. No, Souths. Souths and Sharks. I think they got Penrith. I think three two, weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 
so we'll get it because I think I think they've had a charmed run more than anything else, South. But um, like they're they're, yeah. they're playing good footy. I enjoy watching them play. Um, you know, three Colin Tungy. absolutely. Two Latrell, one Murray. Or, mm-hmm. I had Murray for two. Um, I just thought you know he made his forty-seven tackles again with one miss. I think it was and. Did some nice ball playing. Latrell sort of got involved when he needed to, but I yep. think he was... Okay. Any thoughts? A little bit. Glad. Yeah, I agree. So, Souths don't win a forward battle if Cameron Murray doesn't play. Okay. Pretty much. In any game. If, if Cameron Murray doesn't play, they don't win a battle in the forwards. That's how important he is to them. And, look, what what is left for Melbourne next year? Their whole forward pack's gone. And um, we've seen their outside backs. <laughs> They've got a spine now. I'm not and willing, Munster will go. Munster will fuck off. I'm not willing to ride them off until I see who they get to replace them. Like, you, all of a sudden, Aaron Booth looks like a, a loss in a way. Well, uh, anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah, I've definitely got concerns about Melbourne. And I, that, like, obviously, we'll have a look at prediction time. Look at their, what their Ooh. predicted lineup is in the off-season. But, yeah. Yeah, bold uh, prediction show might be a lot of fun. Oh, Tarek Sims and... A few other fellas. Yes, yes. Not making the eight. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to say it. I, I, I thought of it, but I was like, you know what? I'll be respectful. <laughs> You've got Gumpy on board. Gump, yeah, Gump, <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. I won't say the next line. No, of the song. neither will I. We'll move on. Are you to talk uh, th- about the next game? 36-26. Uh, yeah. Barney Stats and Ollie, you can have the first hit up. Six tries to five. Five out of six conversions for the Dogs. Three out of five. For the Titans, one out of one penalty attempts for the Bulldogs. 69% completion for the Bulldogs, 83% for the Titans. 23 out of 36 sets played, 31 out of 37. Five line breaks for the Dogs, three for the Titans. 19 tackle busts played, 40 for the Titans. 10 offloads to seven. One forced dropout by the Titans. 357 tackles played, 272. Three ruck infringements against the Bulldogs. Zero inside the tens, four penalties conceded to five, 11 errors to eight, and all the stats say the Titans probably should have got won this fucking game. Jeremy Marshall King with 42 mm. tackles, Fermor with 32, Josh Adokar with 317 running metres, and Tino with 183. Burton missed six tackles, made 25, Sexton missed three and made 24. Burton with 126 supercoach points, Josh Adokar with 110, Jeremy Marshall King with 108, and Aaron Clark with 74. First of all, I've not been to a Bulldogs home game in a very, very long time. Is Ace it, still in charge of the Bulldogs, aren't Who? Ace. Ace. Yeah. Leading the kennel. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure, but the kennel okay. were there and they were lively. And that's what I wanted to bring up. The support and the active support and the passion that you see th- for 80 minutes throughout the game. I've not seen something like that at a, a rugby league game for a very long time. Those fans, right? You want to complain about Brad Arthur getting... Rabbit dogs. Uh, Brad Arthur... Jake Arthur getting booed for a few minutes in the the pregame for Parramatta. Those <laughs> dogs fans <laughs> literally for about 60 minutes on and off, but overall 60 minutes during that game, the Tino's a wanker chant was going up. And for a bit it was, <laughs> fuck you, Tino. After he went off for that shoulder charge, let's be honest, on Tavita Pangai, like, and the drums were out and everything. And as we were walking back to the station, back to Penrith, they were still playing the drums and they were at the thing across from us. And all the Doggies fans started chanting, hoo ah hoo ah hoo after the game at the train station. Like, it didn't stop. And I just love the passion. But... Uh, at half time, I was shitting myself. I was like, "I've got, come to a Titans game for the first time in three years. And they're going to lose seventy, like seventy to six. Like it was, <laughs> it was horrible." I, I, but um, look, there, there was a period there in the second half where they did actually have a bit of the momentum. I don't know how they managed to get it back from the Bulldogs after that first half, but um, they just to me still didn't look like they were ever going to win that game. Back. That 
um, just just the link up play between Burton and Adokar. Obviously, you, you put more focus on it when you see it live, but that, the chemistry that they have is just amazing. And I wouldn't say that alone, but that was a huge reason as to why they won the game. I mean, you look at it, um, I think five out of their six tries were Burton and Adokar. I think they both had a, a try assist or a couple of try assist seats. I mean, um, and of a course, of it was, it was uh, cool. It was clean. That, fir- that first one, questionable. Like, uh, and I, I think he just sort right. of. I, I, I think, think they, he just sort of got off the I think mark they fast. On, I, think I don't they think it was too about that. Yeah. that. That was fine. I, I, I think it was fine. It, it was just quick. Josh had a car's quick. I'm not sure if we uh, write that down. We all work, we all work, we all work, we all work that out. <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> yeah. But um, um, yeah. Next to Tohu, write it there. I think that's. I think overall, the Bulldogs were firmly the the better team. Other than that small period the Titans got, and I think some of it was luck as well. I think due to a bit of a Bulldogs drop-off. Um, your usual characters, I think, Tino, I think I was happy from what I saw from Mo as well. I don't think he, he, mm. he wasn't like the dominating performance I was expecting he to see from him. He played a bit more of a link man, actually, fine. to be honest. He yeah. felt lucky in this game, but anyway. But I feel like um, overall, well, the Bulldogs, I think they're four terrain strong, but uh, uh, that... Um, Adokar Burton connection, and I think I, I don't, I don't think he did too much, but just the, just seeing the positioning of Kyle Flanagan, sort of what he was, um, getting himself into if he needed to sort of support those blokes, I think he did a, a good job of that as well. And of course we had the whole Tino, Tavita Pangai thing, which I'll, I'll get into more what I thought of the, what actually happened um, in my in my salute and slap, but. Um, it was interesting. I was looking over at the bench for half of the first half, thinking when's TPJ going to come on? And just the what, the Bulldogs' passion again, the roar. He just slowly walked into he just slowly walked into the field straight straight to the back fence. Like he didn't didn't make a whole hoo ha about it. Back fence, and you sort of look over and you see Tino making sure he can sort of line himself up that he was there, and you knew that, that they were at least going to try something. Then they both looked pretty calm and relaxed. And I thought it was just funny. As soon as the ball kicked, they both just fucking ran like a um, a, a couple of balls. Um, running at a, at a red flag, and uh, it was great to to see. And the uh, overall, it was enjoyable because of the support of the Bulldogs fans. To be honest, because um, I ended up leaving thinking, oh, that was pretty good, even though my team was pretty crap. So, yeah. I was going to ask you. Well, you covered off pretty well, but you general, we don't get to talk about it a lot. The live game day experience was <laughs> well, I, 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 good. I, as I said, still hold up these days against some newer. Well, Com- stadium? Combank. Oh, was it Combank? Yeah, was it? it was Combank. Oh, so it's yeah, well, still the better. still the best stadium in the world. Yeah. Um, and but, but I'm going to say it again. What made it uh, sort of a unique experience was seeing the Bulldogs fans are going. Oh, it's it's actually okay to actively support your team and chant for 80 minutes in a rugby league game. Who would have thought? When was the last time you supported your team? Last time I supported my team was probably uh, <laughs> week one of the finals, last 2021. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it off here. Well, I think it's good that the Bulldogs are actually playing a brand of footy to give them something to cheer about, Ollie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if, if you went and watched them under the, the Trent Barrett regime, <laughs> there's not much, there wasn't much to cheer about. Well, with, they were probably chanting Barrett's up, wanker for 60 up, minutes. Hit up, hit up, kick. Reposed so training you can't session. really yeah. cheer. So we, 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 we just, no errors, isn't we? Better yeah. complete our sets. Look, I, I love the brand of footy they're playing. Their defence still, for me, they're, you know, yeah. conceding points, but... Four of the tries were from kicks, and two of them were from a, a fullback that hasn't ever played fullback before and was probably mm. out of position yeah. and maybe aren't scored if your normal fullback's in the yeah. team. So, mm. in terms of that, the Burton Ade car combination yeah. is amazing. I really love the way that TPJ came on and, and really stuck up for his teammate, even though that 
TPJ's a Queenslander and Burton's a, a, a New South Welshman and it was a Queenslander yeah. that did it to him. But TPJ dogs. was, yeah. you know, yeah. doing it for the jersey. So as a supporter, I really enjoyed yeah. the fact that, that he, he added that bit of mongrel. And I Absolutely. think that TPJ, yeah. if he can curb that, it's really valuable. You need someone yeah. like him in, in your team. Yeah. Um, I yeah. love what Max King brings to, to the team. Like he... Run hard. He looks for the offloads. Even Paul Vaughan the last six weeks oh. been really good. Like he, I know he's, he's off to England and that was always probably going to be the plan and they've got enough to cover him. But the way Paul Vaughan's going, I'd rather probably keep him than Luke Thompson. But um, I don't think you'll keep Luke Thompson. He, well, I don't – yeah, but, and he's no loss. No. In, in, well, in he has for so, so, yeah. so, so since the Bulldogs have been playing all right, Luke Thompson hasn't played. So, yeah. you know – the coach has gone and, and one of your highest price players is, is not playing as well. Look, I, I agree with Ollie. Kyle Flanagan, I thought it was probably one of his better games. I like it, the, the fact that he actually did get tackled a couple of times. Like that he, he took the ball to the line. Run. He's a tremendous yeah, run where the, the, he could have busted him the, right he took, yeah. the, he took the ball to the line and, and whatnot. So if he's going to be the seven moving forward, and he, he may well be because there may not be anybody better on the market. Not many so, sevens out there. you know, in, in terms of that, that he's got to put that into his game so that Burton can link with... At O'Carr or Fatala Mariner or Kickout or whoever that might be mm. moving forward. The Dolphins have actually got a good one in Marshall King. He's really come on in, in terms of that. Really he's good. been really good in, and he's got some speed out of dummy half and sort of offering a little bit. The Titans, again, Tino was good. Mo was But here's was, another one. Was like, look, look at was how good. he's just changed completely since Barrett left. Like, well, he like was just a bloke who made 40 tackles under Barrett. And passed off the ground to Dude. his outside blokes. He never took the line on. He never got involved. And we we call for it week after week. He's made one run this week. He looked really good when he did it. He needs to get out and run. Needs to get out and run. The week that Barrett fucks off, the, I think he made three so or four line breaks to set up a try. Whether, like that's, um, just, whether that's instinctual, <laughs> he's always had it, or whether Potter's held. I, I think I reckon. I think he was just held back. Well, I yeah, think like, how good it's a combination like a, of both. Like like you think about in, and I'd lost my train of thought. But in terms of the whole coaching change thing. Oh, that's every player in the Bulldogs team in the last seven weeks has looked better. Yes, heaps better. You know, they, they, so, heaps so better. That's what you and, want and, from and a coach. And when you hear right the Bulldogs players say, all, you know what they do? They've all said when they've asked them what the change is, they go, "Well, Potts has come in and he told us to be ourselves." Oh, fuck all, oh, Jesus! He's walked in and gone, "How do you want to play your footy? Oh, I want to be aggressive. I want to do." I know that can go and do it. And mate. there's no pressure. There's no pressure on them. They're not going to make oh, or whatever. But now but he's, he's actually turned around and put his hand up to coach now, which in, is in terms of that. So, so look, as a, as a fan, I'm just happy that they've improved Would you next year? and they look. Nah, well, if they've got Cameron Serraldo, I'd get Cameron Serraldo yeah. at this point in time. I think that it's it's easy to go in and. Do the job that he that he's done, and win a few games. But still, defensively, there's a lot of problems. Yeah. In in terms of that, they're still con- they still conceded twenty six. I'd probably hit in up Serrato and ask him if he's happy to have him in and around the team because he seems to have a pretty well, he's good he's got he's, 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 got he's, got he's got a job there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah obviously no got issue. a pretty good rapport so, with and, the bloke, and, so. and he's a, he's. He's a bulldog man, Mick Potter, and whatnot. Yeah. So to, to keep him, I think would be valuable. But if the the rumours are right, and I think Seraldo stays or comes, you keep Burton. 
You may get a cry. And, and you may get a Liam Martin. And may get you may a get a cry or somebody else. But yeah. you know that Burton will stay well, if Serraldo's there. With Serraldo. They, yeah. they say if Serraldo goes, Crichton's going. And as then well. you'll get Crichton so. as your one. And then you get Reed and you get um, Kickow in there. Hey. Happy so that, that's what I'd go for. And and looks like it's and just a matter and of and announcing you know what? it. Now, once they split that little love circle at Penrith, who knows who else might and, yeah. come over some more love. Well, Gump actually sort of brought up. Um, Something that um, I just remembered as well, and is how you two were talking about at Magic Round. You, you could sort of notice who were the players who were actually talking. Adokar's obviously one for the Bulldogs, but the other one was actually Kyle Flanagan. And no. I, I'm not saying he's a better player than Burton or whatever, but he was actually talking to Bert, like Burton a lot, and actually being like, I'm, and you could see him going, mm. I'm going to. And a, a lot of it was setting up like plays he's where, been where a good Burton game would be. But I, I, you know, it, it's just um, yeah. interesting to sort of see that side. I'm not giving Kyle Flanagan credit for. The amazing player that Burton is, but actually just sort of say it's probably helped Burton yeah, where, where Flanagan's been like, and they've yeah. actually been able to commit. Yeah. I, I don't know how different it was under Barrett or whatever, but they actually seem to Potter might well, have just said, what, like, actually, <laughs> but that's the thing, <laughs> you know, it's what? It's probably, it's if I remember, who it was, but, uh, yeah. actually allowing him to it was sort, Averillo sort of, and it was Wake, actually allowing him to actually sort of talk and I guess sort of sort it out for themselves a bit. It's like, it's like, okay, we're positioned here, what are we going to do? And actually, together to even yeah. have some like you can have a preseason and all the rest of it, but you need to play fucking ten tough games yeah. together to get some sort of combination going on. Mm. At points in time, people have rated Flanagan highly. Yeah, right? He was rated as a junior, went to the Sharks. Right the the Sharks. Roosters obviously mm. thought he was a pretty good player to sign him. I know they got and he rid was of him for a long time, but he was and for, for the that first year. Half I didn't year. think he was, no, he was, fine. was that bad for them. So look, he can play. It's, I think it's just a matter of now he's just getting the right He just players. doesn't take the game on. He's no. the bloke who sets the game up, but he doesn't sort of take it on his own bat to yeah, the kid's go 20. out and do it. You know he he did I mean? this but weekend a little bit. All of a sudden he does it a little bit more next week. You know, by the end of the year, who knows? I've probably got a bit higher praise for the Titans than you guys by the sounds of things. I thought the Titans weren't as bad as um, everyone's saying AJ they were. AJ, fullback's the right decision, right, for sure. The first 20 minutes, they were disgusting in defence and it was probably what lost them the game, as, as well as a couple of um, cherries that were just plucked out of the air by Adokar, <laughs> who runs 80 metres and turns around and there's 10, 10-12-point 10, swing in a game and you lose by 10 points. And that comes down to some poor decisions from a 5-8 throwing some stupid passes that should never have been thrown in the first place. So that's second... Uh, sorry, that first intercept should never have gotten anywhere near Josh Adokar because he was standing in the fucking line when he passed the ball. Like, he was always going to take it and just run the length of the field. It was stupidity. But um, I thought when it got down and dirty, I thought the Titans were actually winning the battle in the middle of the field, especially when Aaron Clark came on. He made a massive difference. He's been – I don't know what's happened to him in the last three or four weeks, but he's definitely flicked the switch since they've put him back to 13 and he's playing through the middle. Um, he, he's very aggressive and he goes quite well through the middle there. But the Titans just don't have that touch of class to finish off plays. Like, as you mentioned, they were all the tries came off kicks. Um, they don't have a ball player that seems to be able to set up the outside men. Um, Brimson does it, but he does yeah. it more off the back of broken field where he sort of gets through a gap and then puts someone away afterwards. Yeah. There's nobody that plays before the line that sets up any sort of attack for them outside of that. Sexton's decent short kicking game, but they really need either a really good ball playing 13 or a six that can set up and put put away some of their outside backs before the line. There's no getting away from it. The Titans' big problem is their outside backs in defence. <laughs> they get carved open so often in the centres and in and around their halves that it's just not funny. Um, the Bulldogs' attack was fantastic at times, especially that first try where Burton in and away and carved them up down the outside and 
Josh Adokar backing up on the inside. But I yeah, think their defence, the Titans, is absolutely abysmal. Yeah. Like, in that game, the Bulldogs had 42% of the ball in the match and scored six tries. Yeah. And, and Karaz probably should have scored two. That, that, you know, Brimson's tackled him over the sideline twice. Yep. So, so they, there's probably two more they should have scored. And it, what team scores six tries with 42% of the ball in the NRL? Yes. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't It has happen. been for two years, like three years. it's just... Herbert, Sammy, the rest of the other blokes out there, like they, they just... Fuck, they they pat, don't look they like they can stop They pat blokes on the tries. back as they run past them. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, well done, mate. See if I can off you go. And go, you know what? And Ollie was at the game but. and you probably get, you get a better feel for the contact. I, I don't even feel that the Titans tackle that hard. Mm. Like the, yeah. the tackles, no, there's not really not. any mongrel or aggression. Like Tino's the only one. Yeah. But other really than that, I don't, yeah. I don't see them. No as, one is Dave. Like you but, don't yeah. think that they can – if a team has two sets at them, yeah. you think, oh, they'll score. They just sort of catch, yeah. and, they'll, catch and grab and, and jersey grab and sling them to the ground. You're not confident that the yeah. Titans can stop points. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Plenty. Of, yeah, Jeremy Marshall King was fantastic, as you already mentioned. He caused so many problems through the middle of the defence for the Titans, and that was the middle, which is their better part of the defence, and he was carving that up. We're getting in and out of dummy half. Mm. Um, yeah, he's risen to a whole different level. Sammy was okay, ball in hand, but the bloke can't tackle. Tino and Jolliffe were strong. Uh, you know, J- J- Jolliffe has been really good the last couple of weeks as well, coming off the bench for the Titans. Um, he's, he's got a bit about him. He should probably go to a different team, but... We'll get on to that. Fermor was okay. David Fafita played his best game this year and, you know, he, he does it every now and then. Fucking scores a try and has a couple of tough runs. But, you know, um, Sexton's best game for a long time and Aaron Clark was their best player by a long way. He changed the game when he came on. Carraz looks like a superstar in the making, that young kid. Um, he Another one, just the way he moves with ball in hand is fantastic. Um, he, he never seems to be off balance. He's quick. He's a strong fucker. He's right. strong as fuck. Um, he's yep. good in defence as well. Um, Fatala Mariner was one of his better games of the year, and Max, Max King was the best forward, the dogs for the, the best dogs forward, I thought, in the game. Um, again, he's a bloke who hits hard in defence. He's always looking for an offload. He's strong with the ball in hand. He, he was fantastic. And you already mentioned it, Burton and Josh Adakar were the difference in this game easily. If, if, if you're a to- if you're a dogs fan, you are. Um, like, yeah, a lot of optimism next year because there's You know what makes me laugh, though? I was just thinking about it and we say waxing lyrical about Karaz. But when Barrett was the coach, fucking Ockenball was in the fucking team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've got Ockenball versus fucking he wasn't Karaz. Even top, he wasn't even top 30. Like he, he came in the game of the COVID went through it. He came in like he's twice as on quick. a train and trial. He's a foot and a half shorter, but he jumps two and foot higher than fucking Ockenbord did. Runs harder <laughs> and he's better me. defender. Like so, it's so, not a yeah. Did he was he just fucking kissed on the ass at Penrith or what? Barrett, who knows? Let's move on. I suppose that's not bad. No, nah. he's never been kissed on the ass anyway. He's been horrible. I said it. Fuck me. He, he couldn't coach a manly. He, he, he was the yeah. worst coach. He was going to be the first one sacked. He always was going to be. We all knew it. fucking horrendous. Yeah. And anyway. We all moved it. But, you know, We've moved on. But, isn't it made, but what a difference three months makes. I'm but you saw what he did at Manly. And then Des walked in and six weeks later they were fucking, they won four out of four. six games or something. Like, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway. Um, 
Burton. No, let's give it to Foxy yeah, three. I had Burton for three, but mm. Foxy couple intercepts. Yeah, give it. Either Fox. way, I don't Fox, care. Burton, Toss it up. Let's try Jeremy it, Marshall King. I love the Fox. No, was, right. was Fox plenty of that three, as well. Burton two, one for the. Wasn't King. good enough to be in the Origin team. The Fox. Wow. Yeah, no. mm. He'll play for Australia, though. He'll play for yeah. Australia. Though. No. <laughs> and so will Latrell. X Factor, mate. First bloke pick. So will Tommy. Oh God. It'll be the 2021 New South Wales team. Tommy's back for Australia too. How good. All right, uh, 26-25, Tigers beat the Cowboys up 27, at... 27-26. Uh, what? 27-26, wasn't it? Oh, He's not counting the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Daggy's, Daggy's deleted it like James Carmo did on his, <laughs> on his oh, Insta. I didn't even fucking look at it. Uh, uh, anyway, whatever. They okay, won. No, go on. <laughs> Start again. Cares, some stats and shit, Give a fuck. Four tries to the Cowboys, five for the Tigers. Four out of four conversions played, two out of five. One out of one field goal attempts for the Cowboys and one out of one penalty attempts for both sides. 64% completion from the Cowboys, 82% for the Tigers. The 25 out of 39 sets played, 34 out of 41. Six line breaks for the Cowboys, nine for the Tigers. 36 tackle busts played, 47. 15 offloads to 16, a forced dropout from both teams. 343 tackles for the Cowboys, 285 for the Tigers. One ruck infringement from both teams, two inside the 10 against the Cowboys, four penalties conceded to six. 16 errors for the Cowboys, 10 to the Tigers. And a Sinbin, Robson made 50 tackles, Hastings made 36. Nanai with 205 running metres, Laurie with 184. Chad missed seven tackles, made 26. Dewey missed five tackles, made 15. Holmes with 119 supercoach points, Nanai with 104, and Dane Laurie with 102. I'll leave this one to you, mate, because I'm sure you've got plenty to say before I, I get involved. Well, I don't get it to wrap the Tigers. <laughs> I thought it was Tigers probably their best performance all year. They were fantastic. Yeah. I thought best they game were, of the year, absolutely. Um, they, they manned up and were very good, even um, in the in the second half when um, Cowboys had all the ball for a good 20 minutes. They, they stayed in the fight, and we've seen it lots and lots and lots where in another week Tigers would have lost by 30, and uh, they didn't. They stayed in it. Cowboys weren't good by any means, by the way. Um, they I were controlled. They, they were really controlled and composed the, for the Tigers, which I haven't seen all. Yeah, they just seemed uh, whatever happened. Um, obviously, Ben Gardner said some nice things um, and spoke really well after the game, so I'll give him a rap too. But um, uh, they, they just um, they mashed the forwards and it was almost like they didn't know what to next mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Uh, Drinkwater thought he had to invent things and look pl- and look like a complete geek. Close to his all. worst game of the year. It was yeah. awful. Uh, probably coincides with me buying him in Supercoach. That was lovely. <laughs> um, the only just on the the only three blokes I even rap for the Cowboys were um, Nani, obviously, but it was for yeah. Childress in a couple of moments, but it was tremendous. Definitely and, was. Yep. Um, in what he did, um, Val Holmes. Was the only bloke that looked dangerous in attack um, and, and had a try for himself, but it was the only bloke that looked potentially dangerous there. And um, they were the only two I actually, that's it. Wrote I kind of have a lot. <laughs> Luci- <laughs> Honestly, Luciano they were the only two mate, had a, is bigger than the rest of their forwards, so it looks scary at times. That's about oh, Tom it. Tom was okay, uh, but like yeah, I, I had, I found I thought the Cowboys would looked like a a team. Um, Tigers were good, often Gow is. Fucking fantastic. Um, Tualungi was at his best game of the year. Jackson. Absolutely. So whatever, I don't know what this means and I don't know and I hope that just – I don't know. But it worked with Brooks on one side, Dewey on the other and Hastings in the middle. It worked for this game. Uh, Brooks was almost playing centre. He played – I said it last week. He played mm. centre again and he threw, you know, two great passes. But he did miss a couple of key tackles. And uh, But I thought it was one of his better games. He looked dangerous running. He ran 150-odd metres. But he um, – They'll just put him in the bloody centres. 
<laughs> they and and Dewey was dangerous. He had the ball as well. But I thought the Fords were fantastic. I think for mm. for Manu Brown should be in this team. Absolutely. Even when Appy's there, he should be oh, fourteen. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Or what, whatever. Yeah. He, he could play lock, I suppose. But he was. He's a serious player. I think he's a real good player. Looks good. Um, because there's a big battle for Lock with Joffa playing front uh, front row. He might even be back on an edge with Garner and Tuolagi going next year. Uh, we don't have any many second rounds apart from Papi. But um, I thought all of four and Bloor coming back and there's a few there and there's I'm sure there's more youngsters. But I thought they were. Um, I can't wait to see Bloor. I think we've been waiting for two and a half years, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. and Stefano too. There's a couple the there. When you throw Polly in and, and um, these sort of blokes, um, Naden was good, but uh, ultimately this is Dane Laurie's best game in oh, he's, eighteen months. He was every yeah. time he touched the ball looked fantastic, and I've I've been quite critical of him all year, but he looked better than Gutho. Um, looked dangerous, looked like a genuine first grade dangerous um, fullback, and that was so the Tigers are a better team. Should have won, should have matched Lena. Even after they were down, they. To fight back in the last couple of minutes, the blokes like Yatoas and Kapoa were good in this game. You know, they had their usual errors, but Tiger should have won. What am I going to say? What does it all mean? Who cares? We're going to run last. So, um, hope for next year, I suppose. I, I, I just don't yet? think. No, they don't play again this year. But do you know what? I don't know what it means because I, I, I don't know necessarily that this um, three prong half thing works, but I don't know who they're going to back. I hope it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they obviously had a plan. Like, the, the one big takeout Maybe for me was the Tigers had a plan to go to their left-hand side, which is the right-hand side of the of the Cowboys. Mm. And it was through Brooks, and it was to target Kyle Felt. And they got in and around Kyle Felt that many times in this game. I think it was three tries that were directly scored on his outside. And if they weren't scoring on the outside, they were breaking holes on his inside because he was jamming in out of defense. I actually think the Cowboys just have been a better team without felt there and they obviously identified they it. They had yeah. him out of position so many times in this game and it was the definite plan. And I think, yeah, four out of their five tries came directly down that line. Um, the Tigers probably should have won by 20 points, realistically. If you look at it, there was a drop ball for the Nanai try, which basically was, I think, I don't know who threw the pass, but it was pretty much an intercept that hit Nanai on the was, chest, bounced in front yeah. of him, and then they pick and it up and Kapoor run offload. 30 minutes, metres. And the Nanai the uh, offload on their own line. Yeah, and the Valentine Holmes try when he had three blokes standing in front of him, and Holmes basically stepped left, right, and went past three blokes and scored within the space of five meters. <laughs> There's two tries that never should have been scored. Yeah, that came directly off, you know, one on one missed tackles, three missed one on one tackles against Holmes, and a, a shit pass that you know Nanai scoops up and scores down the other end. Um, Obviously, if if those two don't happen, the Tigers win easily without all the controversy and all the bullshit. They still should have won without it. But we've said that before this year, haven't we? Can't be any, you, you posed know. your question about the three into two in in the halves. Your answer is very simple, and you've been speaking about it all year with Luke Brooks. Now, did Luke Brooks? He threw two mm. passes. Were they passes that? Someone else couldn't Someone have thrown. Someone else couldn't no. have thrown. No. no. I could have right? thrown them. He yeah. made yeah. he threw a pass behind a bloke that was picked up and they scored. He missed two or three one on one tackles yeah. that led to tries. He's negative. Yeah. If you say he's got two try assists, Which, yeah. he's cost three. So we should have won by twenty right. points. Sure, in, yeah. in terms of that. So it's not even a question that needs to really be you've answered it. Oh, yeah, Daggy, in your opinion of Brooks, and I don't want to bash the bloke. He's 
Probably a good bloke, nice bloke. Try, he's lovely. trying his Could best. Be the best bloke you've ever met. He's trying yeah. his. He's, Let's he's get him try, down here. He's trying his best. <laughs> he might be down here with Jimmy right? next year. Who he's, knows? He's trying his best <coughs> to win footy games. He might go to another club and might be great. He might not be. But the the Tigers have got to cut ties and move forward. Sometimes yeah. maybe good. I, I watched, sometimes I, I watched maybe a, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a bit of Benji's thing last night and he seemed quite non-committal about it also. I think well, at this point, he he, can't say anything, he's so. got to yeah, be. Absolutely. Someone's got to the balls to, but anyway, Sheen's so. got to have the balls to say, you know what, go to Newcastle, God bless you. And create yeah, some space and, and see what else comes along from. Yeah. But at the moment, it's not a position they need players. No. They've got Hastings and Dewey. We've got a they, seven, they, we've got a six. Yeah, actually, and you've got a nine and you've got a one, Yeah, right, for next year. So, so they've actually got to look at a back rower maybe or yeah. a, a, a strike centre or, yeah. or something yeah. like that in terms of they've – they're overloaded in that area. Two back rowers, so two centres. Correct. Where yeah. I'd be they going. don't and, and, need and, and players cop, there. Say, say Newcastle will pay four hundred for Brooks, so we can spend six hundred on a fucking Correct. centre or a back rower. Correct. And yeah. get a and get a Crichton to match Papali, and all of a sudden, yeah, oh shit, fuck. Well, yeah, Papali's coming, Appy's coming. So realistically, a back one, another back rower would help, and two centres. Yeah, because you know, Mamalo's going to do, do a job. No, Ferg's going to do a job when they're, if are, they're up and running. But and the rest of well, yeah. Stafford's been fine. And yeah, Stafford has been okay. But that's so what I mean. So you've got a you strike, strike center and a back rower. Correct. Which we thought yeah. Gilhart in fairness, we thought Gilhart was gone to the Dolphins. He'll, he'll be Gildart. gone soon. Uh, yeah, so well, he's signed. Leeds then he the has. Dolphins to Tweed. Yeah. So anyway, he's got. Anyway, they flicked him pretty. He's gone to Leeds for a year. For the rest of the year, and then coming back to the Dolphins. The Tigers have flicked you pretty quick. You know you. So, but but that's the answer to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew yeah. the answer anyway, we, so. We, we'll save the, anyway. Um, we don't like the bash We'll blokes. save all the prognostication for the, uh, the the bold prediction show and the Christmas show when we're blind and we can bag everyone. Right, uh, what what do we even then. say about Cowboys? I don't know. They played like shit, to be honest with Valentine you. Valentine Holmes and Jeremiah Nano pulled them out of a shit fight that they should have lost. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, three Laurie, <laughs> two Joffa, one. Um, you can give I had Nano. I had Val Holmes as the best player in the field. I thought he was fucking fantastic. But I had Nano or Val, but uh, no, I had Laurie three. Val Holmes goal kicking is precision. The field goal personified. The they all go over the black dot. Don't they? Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, I don't even yeah, yeah, that. Right. If, if Val kicks for us, fucking, we win by thirty-one. So mm. it's. I had Val, thing. Laurie, and then Nano, but no, I think Laurie deserves three here. But I've been wrong Val. before. It's your award. Daggy M's. All right, Daggy. Three to Laurie, two to Holmes, <laughs> one to... Nanai. Or say Joffa, but whatever. Offer. Just just so you can get something out Nanai of that. Nanai or Offer. What do you reckon? I'd still go Nanai. All right, fine, whatever. Cheers. All right, let's get to the pop plan of the week, everybody, so we can, uh, so I can go back to the bar. Uh, pot plant bun. I'm going to slap a pot plant. And You're going to slap a pot plant? Hold on. Potter's <laughs> slap? I don't know. Ashley Ooh. Klein is the pot plant. Oh, Ashley Klein is my slap of the week. And he is the worst performance that anyone's put in for this fucking year. <laughs> for that very... Even the last call. Right but he was pathetic all fucking night. Right he, in so, and um, like, give us seriously. some... Uh, and, and even he, even was, he wasn't that good in the Penrith game the either. The Penrith Sharks game, he was fucking the rubber the green for the fucking home team. He, he does it all the time. But that decision in the last minute of that game was fucking pathetic and he gets my pot plant and my slap this week. Right in and give us some end of season awards too because we need someone we're drunk to give out. 
That'd be fun. Um, when you're going to get drunk with this gump, you yep, get your oh, Uber that night with the Dana Award. Party. The biggest abusive supporter. The three-legged award. You can't, you, can't, <laughs> um, you can't give us a bloke who's going to win it. All right, pot plant, gumpy, you got one. Well, I'm I'm actually going the ref in the game, Butler or yeah, whatever his name is. He was in fact. You know what? In in that last however many seconds it was, he looked like a fucking deer in their lights. You looked at his face and he did not have a fucking clue he was white what as was fuck going was on. His eyes He's were telling spinning. people to go away. Uh, He's trying to fucking listen. So I would expect the ref in that predicament to be decisive. Yep. And to make a decision, and it was like the fucking Keystone Cops. I don't know what to do. Like a Benny Hill skit. He's fucking walking away from people. So, yes, the bunker fucked up. And you know what? I would, I would he, bet money if it was the other, if it was the Cowboys by one, he would have gone. Game over. Full time, so boys. Was, yeah, so it was stinky. Yeah. And I'm going to give another one to basically the NRL. For just the whole thing and the way it was explained away. Mm. And I just think if you're a cynical person and we get back to gambling on sport, right? So the players, 200000 at a dollar five. So yeah. players are not allowed to have a phone in the dressing room because of gambling, but we've got some wood duck in the referee's <laughs> ear for the whole game telling him what to do and having an impact on the game. Well, fuck, if you're in the bunker... And you've had Load fucking money week. on the fucking <laughs> cowboys, then you know someone you knows had in money. The east. <laughs> you'd be <laughs> stupid. You'd be stupid not to. But, but, but I mean, and I relative. know it's not happening, mm. and I'm not accusing anybody. Uh, no, but if it waddles like a duck and quacks like a duck, it generally is one. So the yeah. NRL sort it out, work out when the bunker can be used, when it can't be, if we're having captain's challenges or we're not, because you know what? In the end, if we didn't have fucking captain's challenges in the game, again, that doesn't happen. Would have been full mm-hmm. The game's fucking yeah. over. So, again, figure out when these things can be used, because as a fan, I've got no fucking idea Well, he might have walked around for on. 10 seconds and gone, oh, time off, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Correct. <laughs> it still might have been the same, but yeah. they're, they're mine as well. Oliver? I'm going to pot plant Mitch Kenny. Um, from what I saw him coming on for Penrith, I, I, I don't think he will start for Penrith next year after Coruscant. I think that was originally no, the plan. Luke will. But I think after, I think heading into 2022 or as sooner as, well, sorry, Coruscant was signed in 2021. But I think the plan heading into 2022 was like, okay, next year Mitch Kenny will be the hooker. That's certainly not the, the plan anymore. I don't know. He, he used to at least put in a really good effort when he'd, come on for Penrith and at least keep him stable. But he's just sort of dropped off a bit of a cliff for me this year. I, I don't really know what's going on. He's never really been an attacking um, advantage for the, for the Panthers. So I think that gets exposed more with the weaker Penrith bench. I think once you get in the rotation, it's not... Anyway, you're planting enough. somebody? Uh, yeah, I'm going to plant two. And one of them, one, well, the third one was Ashley Klein. Um, but uh, yeah, we all know that. Uh, Scott Drinkwater, he was very, very average... Uh, Cowboys would have been better for him. And Cody Walker, he was he, he deserves a plant this week because, yeah. my God, for a team that's red hot. Fucking eight. He's, he's still in the ground where Olam left him. <laughs> <laughs> he did not Olam want to be involved in at all. You just hear from the distance, help. <laughs> he's good. Uh, you got a slap. And uh, I'll go first. Well, the slap is – got two slaps and the obvious ones. The NRL for how the fuck did we get to this point? We get to a point where – not just the bunker and that, but to the point where – 
Um, Felt would have decided before that ball went up, I'm going to just run at someone and get a penalty here. Mm. So we're, we're at this point, and that's where the game is, and that's where they're coached, and that's – we've got to this point. And also a bonus slap for the Manly marketing team who probably should have checked with someone before they came out and did all this. But, um, Barn? Pass them outside. The, 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 the fucking defence in the centres from the Titans and Manly was absolutely pathetic this week, and it's been a running trend for the Titans and Manly – it's, it pops up here and there, but the, how you can how you can have three blokes sprinting off the line and two blokes standing there and watching the rest of them run past them, and then just leaving massive fucking holes. I don't know how that works in a first grade defensive line. I'm actually going to slap Tino this week Oof. due to the whole. I, I I know he's fine. He's playing next week, but after that that play against um, TPJ, where I'll be on it, he shoulder charged him like. The, like, there should have been some more repercussions other than a penalty. I thought the match review co- committee would honestly have a look at it and he could have been in a bit of trouble. But the fact is, as well, as soon as that happened... Slap them too. They the, can have a fight. It's next, a Rafferty's rules yeah, as well. Yeah. But, yeah, well but, did but, Kikau get charged for his shoulder charge? Nope. No. no. But, but the thing is too, right... Well, wasn't there a headbutt on the weekend yeah. as well? That I've heard nothing about and I'd forgotten to bring it up. But there was, I don't even there remember, but a, there was a yes, headbutt. there was a headbutt. I think there was another eye poke somewhere too. I feel like there was. Nothing. Anyway. But, but the thing is, too... That but Amala got binned and not even charged, yet... Anyway, kids, yeah. move on. <laughs> we just give him a fucking <laughs> to up. To our own head in here. Fucking but the thing is, with that as well, as soon as the next stop in play happened, Tino went off and did not come back on until TPJ was off the field. And you could call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I think that actually... Was it came into play as to why Tino was off for so long? Because I was expecting him to come back on at half time. He, he ended up spending overall, taking into account half time, probably an hour off the field. Yeah, but I've been doing that. that since the start of Origin. But, but, but he's the, only been playing him 35, but, yeah, 40 yeah. minutes. But, but, but to me, it's not uh, this specific example. I'd, I'd think it, it's, it's a, not a coincidence that he came back on after TPJ went off because Tino has been getting a, a bit of a hot head lately, but he is the Titans' best player and he is capable of. 80 minutes if you need him to. And the Titans need him out there on the field. So I guess part of this is slapping Holbrook again for why why isn't he on the field? Like even after a certain point, even if TPJ is out there, surely they've gotten it out of their system. But I mean, I'm a bit worried about Tino. I hope this doesn't become sort of a a regular hot-headed thing. I don't think it will. But I guess the decision as well to take him off for that long in this game. As a Titans fan, you've got a lot more to fucking worry about than Tino, mate. Well, yeah. he, he's not the problem. <laughs> but here's the thing. He's the one positive. So if he's only playing for half the game, then shit. Like, what, what's uh, what's the point of it all? Like, um, I'm going to – Corey Waddell, I'm going to slap Corey. Yeah. Sorry, too many errors. Fifth tackle penalty twice. You shouldn't put your hands near someone's eyes. You know, if you have an eye gouged him, you, it looks like – again, if it walk, waddles like a duck and quacks like a duck, it somewhat is – and fingers in and around the eyes, you know, it's cut it out. It's just it's dog act. Get your hands away from there. There's a million other places he could have put his hand there. Uh, you know, I'd yeah. rather him hop a wadi someone than I gouge him. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. well, to yeah. be yeah. honest, yeah. It, it does less damage to somebody. Yeah, you know, particularly figure in the rectum. Pr- yep. Um, Particularly appropriate in Pride Round. That's good. Um, and we've got a salute. I'm going to salute. I'm going to salute Dane Laurie and the West Tigers just because I've never been able to do that. So yeah, they nice. played pretty well. Went to Townsville and probably should have beaten the second best team in a comp allegedly. They did. So. They went hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Keon. And also Payne Hast. Keon Kulamatangi. 
I think it's the best game I think he's ever played. He was very close to it if it wasn't, and he's been in terrific form for the last four to six weeks. Um, he's going to be one of the best, probably top five back rowers in the comp come this time next year, I would imagine. Mm. I can't imagine him not being in front of some fellas in the New South Wales team next year. In terms of my salute, my, it's going to be a salute and a little bit of a slap to the same thing, and it's a bit about you with Manly. I'm, actually, I'm going to salute their ambition, slap the execution. Fair enough. I'm going to salute Pat Carrigan, and I know that mm. you guys have, have spoken about him, but his game is just developing every week. Yeah. Like, the, the, he, as you said, it was yowish in the middle, and it's the first time he's really been that good with that. So it's obviously he's going away and, and taking the best things from other people's games and using them in his own, and he's adaptable and whatnot. So He's always I had an offload and a short pass, but the way he was drawing defenders... Yeah, and, I just yeah. think that every week he's, he's getting better. He's still, and he's still, he's still only half a season in because he missed Correct. a big chunk. He's, so I, I just think that every week he's, he's just like Go back 12 months better. and remember the blow-up when he was named captain of Brisbane. Everyone's, oh, fuck, he's a 22-year-old kid, this and that. He's just proven. Well, they got something right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they so it, yep. I'm more for that. That's been Footy and Frothies. Check out rugbyleaguemerch.com and get some shirts and stuff and beanies and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, and uh, subscribe to all those socials. Hopefully I can get Ollie to do some... At some point, yeah, no. well, some once we're things. out, of, <laughs> once we're out of tax time, you can command. Yeah, that yeah, I did you a will because you were very busy today. I saw, but anyway, um, <laughs> thank you, boys. It's been a good chat. I went to McDonald's and got some lunch. Thank you for those listening on Spotify, uh, we'll be back soon and talk about what's happening next week. Bye. <laughs>